Hello, welcome to episode 51. Can you believe it? Of Plat Chat Valorant. It's not, the show isn't yep. called Can You Believe It, Plat Chat Valorant. That sounds like a game show from the early 2000s. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should make a game show well, from the early 2000s. Spin-off Valorant show. We yeah. give away millions of dollars to our adoring fans. Honestly, this week is a bit of a Can You Believe It as well. There's a lot of upset results. We could we could try and go through, you know, find someone that hasn't been watching the games. Ooh, TSM. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> TSM lost to Noble? Can is you it, believe it? Yeah. Is it A, 100 Thieves? Mm. B, Noble? <laughs> or C, the Sentinels? The Kansas City Pioneers. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, that's not really early 2000s trivia anymore. Unless you want to talk about like TSM with the odd one playing League of Legends, right? <laughs> Dude, that TSM. This but guy is. I just I have that reference now in my head. It's stuck. Because a tier three, the odd one sub. <laughs> by the way. Yeah. Good was that Lord. the early two thousands as well? I don't know. I don't think it was. I think it was like two thousand. Like, if you actually wanted to make a game to show about the early two thousands in esports, you'd have to be going back to. Oh my I don't God. Know. It'd have to be like Quake? Starcraft. It would have Starcraft? to be like Starcraft and yeah. CS, pretty much. I think, and yeah. maybe that's some Quake. Even, that's not even Starcraft. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's not even Starcraft, I mean, technically. You're, you're talking about Rafa and Cooler in the grand finals yeah. playing yeah. for uh, a bag yeah. of Doritos and yeah. a mouse pad. <laughs> I mean, 2009 just... is like the birth of Get Right. That's when he was born in CS. Like, that is... Yeah, wow, I, thought you, really I, mean, I thought you meant literally born, like, when he was born. Yeah, like he was conceived by his <laughs> <No>. parents. <laughs> by the way, those are two different things. Oh, yeah, hold on. That's a, no, that Get Right is actually, night. he's like a platypus. He's just long like, night. he's it's just like instant. There's no, there's no germination cycle. He's just like in and out real quick. Mm. That's how he's Solo so good at CS. Still playing. Uh, yeah. CS. Yeah. Before we even get into this as well, before we get into the main show, did you guys see talking about, you just reminded me because of the Get Right conversation. Did you see that MBK is just grinding ranked? When he announced that he was coming into yeah. the game, I thought that maybe he had a team lined up or something like that. Apparently he's just getting sharp. He's like mm -hmm. actually just playing a bunch of ranked to try no. and get into the game. Yeah, I saw him. He was trying, he was getting his foot in the door a little bit. He was trying, he was getting his name in the conversation. I saw him tweeting a boaster. Oh, what did I, I didn't see that. I yeah. saw him. I, I saw something where he like Sean was live and he started reaching out to Sean. He's like, yo, Sean, who do you think I should be playing with? Oh, really? And then Sean's like, damn, I mean, <laughs> NBK. Oh, shit. And then he couldn't think of anyone. And then I don't even, I don't know. He said, I can't even remember. He was like, hmm, liquid or something. I can't, I don't know. It's just. He's, he's trying to get his name in the ecosystem. Yeah. You know what I mean? yeah. But maybe, yeah, he could, maybe he could team up with Get Right, thinking about, <laughs> thinking even, about that. Too. Don't even start, Maybe he man. can don't convince Get Right to come back to Valorant. Yeah. That would be sick. Yeah, I, this was the, the reply that I really liked. I don't know. I've been reading a lot into MBK <laughs> recently as well, because I was interested in, like, the move over, too. And, like, part of what made him so important in the scene was that he was so interconnected with other people in, in the French Valorant scene. Which, oh, sorry, in the French CS scene, which mm -hmm. that, that takes a while to build up those, like, not just, like, the networking ability to know that you mesh well with a bunch of different players and a bunch of different teams. That's, uh, that's a challenge. It would be interesting, though. He was on literally every French super team of yeah. all time. So, yeah, I mean, know. it makes sense. Yeah. Um, all right. Into the actual topics that we had <clears> planned, <throat> planned and prepped instead of talking about the odd one, Get Right and MBK. That's a crazy, <laughs> that's a sick lineup, honestly. Get the odd one for on one sent. game. For what <laughs> game? Yeah, for Valorant. Oh, for Valorant. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You got a sent, you got a, you got a lurker, you got a support player, and you got a League of Legends an odd player. One. Yeah, listen. Got an odd a one right we've seen, we've seen League of Legends players be very effective on Sova. 
Oh, sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? Was, was Sassy a jungler? Yeah. I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know. I anyway, don't have a clue. this week was the week of upsets. V- By the way, VCT is going on as we speak. So some of what we talk about in this episode is going to be useless by the time you hear about it. And some of it is going to be useless by the time we're, we're well, talking about it and then get later in the episode. Because this game's going on right now. Only in Europe, though. Yes. So the NA... Yeah, not NA. Yeah. Well, NA, thankfully, yeah. people only care about NA anyway. So we're going to talk about NA for the majority <laughs> of the show. And then we'll talk about some Europe later when some results have been finalized. Um, first of all... A lot of upsets this week. A lot of upsets. And that's yes. got everyone asking, why did my favorite team lose? <laughs> what happened? Uh, this is a great... I mean, what this happened? Is, this is a great first topic. My man. favorite team lost. Yeah, I know. It is really unfortunate. Mine didn't, though. 100 Thieves made it through. But <laughs> I, I think... Here, here's, the, here's the pertinent question, right? Did my favorite team lose because... Oh, uh, there's, there could be a variety of reasons, right? <laughs> did, did my favorite team lose because was it, was it an upset win? Mm-hmm. Valorant is a random game. We all know that at this point, right? Yeah. Valorant, super random. Was it an upset win from a worse tier two team? Mm-hmm. Is my team just not good anymore? We lost all the pistols. There's no way we can win if we lost all the pistols. Sure. That's another or classic. Is it just... There's there's really talented the the really talented tier two scene with a bunch of upcoming players coming up mm. and at this point we we are just seeing them overtake the old guard are the old guard not playing enough tournaments? Mm. What These are all Bala? the questions. Well, there could be is the the format is ass right? <laughs> like that could mm. be one too. I, True. I don't even think that this week. Uh, to be honest, like everybody's freaking out about upsets. Blah 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 blah. But. You look back at the last VCT and the same stuff happened. Oh, like, yeah. Hayes didn't make it through. Even Sentinels didn't make it through. There was so many. LG didn't Gen make G. it. Immortals was barely making it. Gen G didn't make it. The top three course, all didn't make, didn't make it from the previous match. Exactly. Honestly, you look at the list and it and it's even more like the list that couldn't or that possibly could have made it to Iceland compared to this one. And I feel like that that one was more stacked. I don't think it's changed at all. I think we're just playing the same format, the single, single Lilium best of threes that tends to do this. And um, I mean, A is NA. It's, it's yeah. how it is. I think the, the results that tipped it over the edge were the ones that happened off stream because it's off stream results for NA. By the way, that was a big oversight on the part of Nerd Street Gamers, I feel, that they didn't actually get observers or yeah. in some cases casters to actually run these streams for the the games so you had many good games in the round of 16 that weren't streamed you you're yeah. out here feeling like a european fan the the na fans were genuinely like what the fuck is going on like they just flipped and then also nerd street gamers afterwards come out and they say oh don't worry we'll make sure to broadcast all of the games in the future and people are like yay nsg it's like they just took something away from you gave it back to you and now you're happy again (laughs) what is going on and uh, i don't even think that they were planning on taking away the round of 16 game streams anyway so they didn't even give anything back i'm pretty sure no, they were going to broadcast every game on the round of 16 well i think they tweeted saying that for the next qualifier they would broadcast many more games i think that's what people were excited about and it's like they were already doing that they just fucked up this time around (laughs) but yeah yeah, there were a lot of so the two big upsets i think that happened off stream three actually i suppose but the tsm noble game i don't even consider to be that big of an upset honestly at nrg and immortals losing off stream and then immortals also in another tournament recently just lost to eg as well so if right at the bottom of the bracket you've got two 
very unknown as far as I'm concerned. Teams making it through to the, what was it, round of 16, where you had a virtuoso playing against Kansas City Pioneers when everyone <laughs> was expecting that to be an NRG Immortals game. I don't have anything to say about the matches because, like I said, they happened off stream. But these are, it, it, I mean, these this side of the bracket is the thing I think that really tipped things over to being it's upset central. I mean, I think this is this is the match that is actually uh, an upset. I mean, this is I think Serious out of upset, all the yeah. games in this that that are in this. Honestly, it's kind of maybe we should just go through all the games and just is this an upset or is this not an upset? This one <laughs> is an upset. I mean, this yeah. is this is a pretty crazy result. Virtuoso have been, as far as I know, they've, they've been grinding with a core of like four players or so for a long time now, um, like since after first strike, and then they just made one move, which I think was playing with iconic. Um, I mean, they're just they, they're they're grinding in the tier two, tier three space. They're not a bad team, but they're still, you know, they're an unsigned amateur team. And respect to them for making it that far. Yeah. Um, and delivering a big upset I mean, that's result. Huge, that's the deepest yeah. they've ever gone in a big tournament like this. And obviously, because most of the time when you run into like a, a squad that's between, I don't know, they're like, NRG previously, we're like a tier 1.5 team. And you've, they haven't even taken a map here. So that's, yeah. a, that's a big one. But like I said, it happened off stream, so it's not like you can say what the problem was for NRG. It's no way of knowing. No, we have the scoreboard, okay? Som, <laughs> he went minus five. You know, he. I mean, I don't know. I don't know about that. Well, we I should probably know. count. Oh, actually, minus 12 overall yeah. in the whole series. But I'll you can't even series. count, and you're doing you're doing analysis from the no, scoreboard. No, no, no. If you go to Ascent, <laughs> click on the Ascent tab. Click on the Ascent tab, Kurt. Minus five. That's right. You just yeah. don't have the complete data set, unlike me. Well, no, you okay, didn't have the complete data set. You no, were looking I at one had, map. I, no, you weren't. You weren't delving into the specifics. <laughs> Either way, I have no fucking idea what happened here. And I mean, yeah, yeah. We just that is the. I mean, yeah. We just don't know what yeah. happened. The the other game below this though, the Kansas City Pioneers Immortals. That is not as much of an upset. I I don't think. The, I don't really know the pioneers, so this to me was the, okay. It, I mean, well, I also when you so, look at the players, you, I mean, a lot of those players have been hanging around this and is doing like well. Former United with some new yeah. guys, kind of. Um, Game over. Also, on immortals, honestly, some of them former immortals, right? Yeah, yeah. too. Yeah, and uh, that that's that's another one of those teams that have just been hitting the grindstone. I mean, they've just been playing every single tournament. They're grinding really hard. Um, a lot of their players who were, you know, maybe lower down in our minds on the tier list have been putting in the work and sure. are looking much better on that team. Um, so this is not as... I, I don't think this is a particularly crazy result when you go up again. I mean, it's a team that has been grinding hard with uh, pretty much the same core of players for a long time now versus new roster amalgamation of random yeah. people that Immortals have put together again. Yeah, I don't think this one is really crazy. Shot up playing a lot of Yoru as well. And we had yeah. the question who was actually going to end up playing for this roster, right? Because they had six people since they added Truro. And we didn't exactly know which uh, who was going to be picking up the silver between Jonah P and Gangster. And it seems like Jonah's gone over to the Viper as well. So there are still some interesting notes to take away purely from just like the compositions and stuff. But overall, again... Who the fuck knows what was going on in these games? Plus, Immortals I mean, losing to EG I, later on it indicates that they probably wasn't a big upset result. That's just the level of Immortals right now. Yeah, I will say, though, looking at that, um, the KCP Virtuoso game after, Kansas City Pioneers were, they were clearly like a tier above 
virtuoso. That is okay. all I can really say about this game. And they and actually they were looking good. Um, KCP. I don't think they're. Yeah. They they have some potential in this in this. Based uh, on like format. other results that both of those teams are playing in, though they they're actually like around the same level when they when you talk about like where they're getting to and which teams they're beating and whatnot. Like they're beating similar teams consistently, and I think this is the first time they actually play against each other. Um, so it's kind of weird. I I'm not surprised to see Immortals finally have like a massive failure in my mind because they keep put, putting together like these statistic like picking up statistically good players and whatnot and trying to fit them into a, a team and a system and what but eventually that's going to fail at some point eventually something is just not going to gel right within the team or i don't know because when they lose to eg when they lose in the uh round of 32 um you have yeah you, ha you do have to question that even though you can't watch it yeah yeah of course i mean you can still tell that that was not the expectation for Immortals, when, even though you can't tell what the, yeah. what the result was going to be. I mean, the other, the other big result that happened off-stream, again, I'm not convinced that it's that major of an upset, but because of the community expectations for TSM, people are freaking about it too, is the TSM Noble game, where TSM ended up losing uh, there as well. Um, uh, on top of that, though, we do have a whole segment dedicated to TSM, so I don't want to dive too deep into this. Yeah, but if you're, if you're a TSM fan and you're literally saying this question right here all day long, like, why did TSM lose? Why do they keep losing? What's going on? Don't worry, the doctors are coming. The doctors are coming. We're going to do a full the diagnosis, full prognosis. Oh, it'll be perfectly fine. Because um, they don't have the odd one. That's what it is. The odd one. I'm just stuck on that. I'm stuck on that. Yeah. I mean, to be fair for the immortal squad though, like, yeah, it's not their expectations, but the roster is still so new. Yeah. Especially with yet another new addition that like, who knows where they could get to with a little bit of time. If they would lose those teams again in like the next VCT, right. If they were to play them again, if they were to repeat it, if we yeah. waited like some time. Right. But obviously this is relatively below, pretty below expectations for them I, mean, I would say yeah at the end of the day it's like you pull so many pieces out of the jenga tower eventually it will fall down and when you take out a foundational piece from that tower yeah much more likely that it collapses yeah i think you know what i mean is, the loss of stani is significant yeah. it's not like the previous uh, juggling of the roster i feel like he really was yeah like it's a not just like piece. flipping a duelist you, you took here. one from the bottom there. right yeah you took one saying. from the yeah, bottom yeah. yeah if you take gangster as well <laughs> the, the, you can't take two pieces from the set well actually no you can that's how Jenga works right you can take the two outside pieces you've taken the middle piece with Sani <laughs> I don't know like I don't have a great analogy Jenga. here the Jenga analogy falls down a little bit uh, no pun intended <laughs> uh, this guy's <laughs> sorry <laughs> this guy's out of control I know I, okay, who, I can who, only apologize who else got upset or are they just not that good in the bracket. Well, I mean, I you could. It wasn't in. It was streamed, so it was later on. But I would definitely feel like the C nine lost to Rise. Oh right. Well, that's that's is, a little like we have the a topic Masters on that. One, Masters we have a topic kind of that? situation. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's but that is somewhat similar to what happened before, where it's a top three team from the previous qualifier. You know, they they were third. They could have gone to Reykjavik. They were only a couple of rounds away from being able to make it over version one, and they end up getting beaten here. Um, I'm not going to say significantly, but they do end up getting beaten. So yeah. I would I would still call this an upset. Let's, there have been some upsets. Let's uh, yeah, we'll we'll deep dive on that on the topic. I think w the last thing we should we should maybe get out in this are some of the uh, 
reasons. The, yeah, some of the reasons as to why my favorite team lost. I think one that I was one that was being brought up to me a lot. People kept asking me, "Are these teams not playing in enough tournaments?" Um, because they're they're losing to the teams that are grinding the tier two tournaments, right? Like ACP and Rise. Um, yeah, Rise as well. So, do we think that that's a factor? I mean, one thing going against it is the fact that. If you place what is it in the top eight in challengers, you can't even play the tournaments. Yeah. So, so there are some teams, teams that are just simply can't. not eligible to play in the tier two tournaments. But I think then those requirements got lifted though, from what I was hearing from the Dark Zero guys say. Oh really? Well, well like but the Dark Zero guys the Dark Zero guys got in a long time ago. They as well. they got into a challenger main yeah. event though. They didn't make the challenger final. I think that's the I think if you make the challenger main event you can still do it. But if you make the challenger final you can't. Yeah, well they were the original team that was having those issues where they couldn't yes. play in specific things. But right. but they do have a time limit as well. So maybe it ran out for Kuki Koalas, but it hasn't run out for like Sentinels and version one and Cloud Nine and those kind of teams. But but right? I think the teams that are, the teams that it really gets to are like the bigger name org teams that haven't found success. Like TSM. TSM, FaZe could be playing sure. in them, hypothetically. Um, mm -hmm. Are there any other that, I, that I'm not I mean, remembering right now? Immortals, I yeah, guess. Yeah, sure, Immortals. I don't know whether I mean, Immortals any, did play yeah. in one, and then... Um, who else? I mean, NRG actually did. Yeah, NRG wasn't able to. So, I mean, those are some of the main some ones. But do we think like that. that that's a factor? Should teams like TSM and FaZe be playing in these Tier 2 Nerd Street 10Ks that all the other Tier 2 teams are grinding in? Absolutely. <laughs> Especially okay. for those who didn't make it to Masters and literally had a two-month break or whatever anyways. Like, if you're not playing tournaments in that down period, like, I don't know what you're doing. Match experience is the most valuable thing in in any of this tack fps like practice it is so important to be able to take the stuff that you're scrimming that you're practicing the people that you're practicing with and actually test it in real matches because in scrims it's just not the same i know we we talk about scrim books a lot just hypothetically but it's it doesn't mean anything in the grand scheme of things because you're running strats that you're testing and the other team is testing something else so you're not actually you're not actually always running into what is actually going to be happening in the game. You're not running into the reactions that certain things will have or or all of that basically. So it's so important to be playing in these, especially when you when you're trying to in integrate like new pieces, players with not not that much experience. Most they of the really teams really when the game is so new too, and there's so many teams reforming like fucking pieces of the earth's crust underneath the mantle just going over and under each other like all the time there's like a new 15 year old crack lord that's popping up that's just owning like the thing is is that like the game is constantly being redefined as one when these older tier old tier one teams are kind of like stuck and trying to get into major tournaments so if you are not making main events and you are eligible to go play smaller tournaments and you are not currently grinding for like a masters or something like that right like you need to be in these smaller tournaments because it's the only way you're going to keep yourself sharp against like the new the new blood, the young blood, right? Because eventually then you're the old lion that's going to be consumed by the mm. new younger lions. Their manes are more full, their teeth sharper. It's the, it's actually the only way. Like it because it's the only way to keep yourself up to date. You the have lions, the ability to do so. The lions eat the older lions when they supply I mean them they, the they they will if they you know there's like an there's like a lion in the pride I believe like and he's like the he's the alpha right yeah, or like sort yeah. of something like that. He's like the big dog and like eventually big he gets cat, old. But... He gets yeah, he's the big cat. Yeah, in this case. He's uh he's 
<laughs> he's he gets old he gets weaker you know maybe he has a disease or something he has some old battle wounds and then eventually the young guys they're like their hair is all slicked back they're like yo yep. fuck you old guy and then they they get rid of him right and so right. i mean they don't always kill him sometimes they just kick him out sometimes right. they just kick him out you know <laughs> okay. Yeah, right. so, okay but i think but that is legitimately how it works right if you have the option to keep yourself sharp against new opponents and new teams you should be doing so if you're not constantly if you're not currently grinding for like a master's event yeah where you can't play i could see i could see um I could see the phase guys putting up a counter argument that goes something like this. We're individually a lot better than those teams. And so when we play in tier two tournaments, we can just play like idiots, run over them, and it's not helpful practice. And so we need to be scrimming against like better opponents, something like that. I could imagine that being some kind of counter argument that you'd use. But I think at that point, you just need to have the right attitude entering a game where you take, yeah. you try to take it as seriously as possible. Because... Also, you can't make that argument if you just lost a Dark Zero. Like, obviously, not that Dark Zero is, like, a bad team, right? Dark Zero is yeah, a very I good mean, team, but it's yeah. more so, like, that's one of the if you're losing to a team that has not yeah. been traditionally yeah. Tier 1. Yeah, you, that you, is a... Uh, you, they're a top you'd tier play two a team. lot of those teams that you'd be like, eh, whatever, we'll walk over them, but eventually you're going to play Renegades, you're going to play Sonics, you're going to play Dark Zero. Like, yeah, you're going right. to play the good team. And those are teams that are all grinding out yeah. these tournaments, right? Well, They're, let's talk about FaZe right now. <clears throat> let's talk about FaZe. I mean, they did lose to Dark Zero here as well. And Dark Zero, for anyone who's not aware, is the former Kuki Koalas team as well. I think before that, they were called the Honkaboom Kaloos. As, yeah. uh, they may have made Ryan pronunciation. There you go. I've been working on it. I've been working on it. Um... Uh, this is one of the VODs that I didn't get to catch. I did a big stint of catching up on all of the mm. North American VODs. I haven't looked at this. Uh, they, the phase guys recently made a change. They brought in Baby J. I saw... The, here's the thing that confuses me, right? Here's what I want you guys to answer, anyone who watched the game. Yes. Corey in this game puts up a tens at Reykjavik level performance if you just look at the stats. So when I look at this game, I'm thinking, how the fuck do you lose a game where Corey goes plus 20 with 17 first kills and three first deaths? The guy's actually giving you a first kill so often and not actually sacrificing himself to do it that you'd think FaZe are constantly set up for wins. And it's not like he farmed all of those stats in the map where they won. He was, get, what was he, 7-1 and one in first kills to first deaths on the final map, and he was 6-1 and one on on the first map as well how did they lose i mean just look uh, go back to the ascent map and then look plus 11 cory minus 10 baby bay and then you look at the difference <laughs> in first kills and first deaths yeah i mean i mean was, was, was well, that the story of the match though that's the story I of the stats off. is that the story of the match i i do think it was to some extent and it wasn't even it wasn't even necessarily that um uh baby bay was like uh, just missing and playing poorly individually. I think a, a, a bigger aspect to look at was that on a lot of the site hits that involved Baby Bay dashing in deep and creating space, he would always, he, he ended up always being like one step too deep and his team one step too far back. And mm -hmm. neither were, and so he was never really getting supported but he was never really in a position to be supported so that resulted and it was specifically happening on ascent on um b i think a lot where he was going too far towards spawn and wasn't getting help and he would die before the the rest of the team could really assist but then also i think just throughout this game um phase had a good initial attacking half and a lot of it came off the back of uh like pressuring towards b and then they were doing a nice job working mid and then working towards A with like four players and they would leave Baby J on these really deep lurks towards B 
And he was finding a lot of value early on in this game. I mean, there were some rounds where he just walked through B after they had the rest of the team had left to pressure mid, pressure A. He killed one guy in the back. Then he killed another guy in the back. Then he killed a third guy in the back. Like, mm. he was finding a lot of value during, uh, doing that. But after the, the sides flipped and things evened out and then it went into OT, um, I think Dark Zero just had a, a much greater understanding as to how FaZe were approaching it. And that was no longer working. Um, that was kind of my feel on this map. Yeah, I when I watched Dark Zero play this team, definitely just it was just like a battle of attrition where Faze would get some stuff to work occasionally. They'd have some pop off moments, but like Baby Bay was just so disjointed um, a lot of the times to where they could never really solidify their lead. And then they get to OT, and at this point, Dark Zero is like, okay, we know the rotations, we know what Baby Bay's been doing. And we're going to be really, really set up here. And it just kind of lasted long enough to where they figured them out entirely. And they just won it out. Yeah. Also, I mean, FaZe did have a lot of clutch moments in, in, in early on in the game, I think. Like, Zachary and uh, Raucus won a couple huge, like, two, what was it, like a 2v4? And 2v4s. A, yeah, and like, a, I, I right, can't remember right. if it was 2v4, 2v3 or something. But, like, back-to-back, -back, they won some pretty crazy rounds early on. Um, so does that make you believe that the game could have been even more one-sided in Dark Zero's favor? Uh, it, or is that unfair? Uh, I think that's kind of unfair. I mean, if that didn't happen, maybe the game would have ended Dark Zero winning like 13-11, right, right. which is still a close affair. Um, I mean, it was really... Honestly, I, I, didn't think it was, I didn't think it was a terrible game from FaZe or something. Like, I, I thought that they, overall, I think they were playing pretty fine. I think that their approach on attack was good. It just... Uh, it, it eventually just... Yeah. But that's, not, that's nowhere near where FaZe was at the beginning of this year. That's and that's, that's what I've kind of structured this topic around as well. Mm -hmm. Can FaZe ever get back to that? Is that some magic that you feel like they can recapture? Because to me, it, it feels lost. I, I didn't watch this game. I want to make that very clear. But in the recent um, challenges qualifying processes and the games that I have seen of FaZe, they don't look like the same team. They just look like they don't have that rhythm to their play. And the craziness that was all working out, like every single thing was just working and clicking completely to run over teams. They would have just blitzed through this team at the beginning of the year, if you think about where Kuki Koalas were mm -hmm. like back then. Um, but that is not the case recently. The, can they recapture that magic? We might just need to readjust our expectations at this right. point. Um... I mean, it does, it does seem pretty far off to think that they're going to just suddenly make a second place in the next qualifier. And, mm. But I, I, do think that, uh, I, I do think that they could still perform as like a top, maybe like a top 10, top 8 or something. Like they, this game, they absolutely could have won this game. And, and mind you, they did. They rolled them on this Haven. Stomp. On the second game. I mean, they crushed yeah. them. And Baby J was nasty on Haven. Okay. I mean, on defense, he was just... Every every uh, sight hit that came onto uh, A on Haven when he was anchoring, he was always good for multiple kills. I mean, he just locked down the map. He was playing incredibly well. And even... I mean, Icebox was really close. Was like, they lost two close maps and crushed them on one. Sure. That's a pretty close series. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. They lost a close series to another team that is on their way up and, and is in the conversation as a team that could definitely be making it to 
some of these like top eights in, in these qualifiers is one of the lower teams in the top eight. So it really, it wasn't like, it, it wasn't a bad showing. Okay. It just, they lost, but it wasn't a bad sure. showing. Okay. Um, I, I think that they could still like have a spark of like, holy shit, this is crazy, but there are way too many good top teams in NA now that will have, that will be a rock when they face them. Like right, I don't right. see them ever going toe to toe with V1 again, you know, like I, I just don't see that happening. I think V1 has progressed so far that they'll just hit a brick wall when they, when they run into them. Um, but they could, they could suddenly be like, yeah, we're, we're up in the top five again. We're qualifying for main events. We're qualifying for challengers finals. I definitely see that potential there just because baby Bay did have such an off series. Um, that convinces me that the series could have been way, way more close or even one sided than the other department in in phases direction if baby Depending bay was form. like right exactly exactly um dark zero is a team that in my mind is starting to have that sort of structure that um v1 is starting to or was building in the last stage where they ended up going off like crazy um so yeah i think that this could continue to be like a scrappy series but the top four or five teams in na are, are going to be a brick wall against phase unless they change something the perpetual Smeeg energy machine has also started to falter just a bit. Not just, and it's not just because of Baby Bay's performance here. That's not really it. Like, it's yeah. legitimately on top of the fact that when we, going back to our earlier topic of these teams that have been grinding out for a really long time, like, there's just less and less opponents for them to just like roll over and yeah. like a mechanical yeah. skill difference, you know? It's there, you're not going to be able to do that forever. It works in the beginning, right? But as everyone gets better, as ever, as the game solidifies more and more and more, it just and there's so many more teams that have been grinding and reforming with talented players that were on old T1 rosters, like for example here with Dark Zero. Um, it's just impossible to maintain a style unless you are just like unless you are Sentinels, and even then Sentinels has had close matches, right? When we saw like at Masters and things like that. So like, and even their latest Sonics game where. Mm -hmm. You just can't roll over everyone. You actually need to change up your approach here a little bit. And I don't think FaZe's approach was inherently bad, right? But it just it's a fundamental reshaping of this team where they have to approach the game very differently when they were at like the top, which is why we 100% should change our expectations because it's just you just can't keep the you just can't keep the shmeeg forever. It has to like you have to bottle it and and harness it and distill it into an actual team versus okay, just like yeah. that is your whole thing. I like it. That was a good retake as well. I mean, I like that clip. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, I, like, that was oh, their Haven was pretty nasty. well thought through. Yeah, Their Haven was excellent. Uh. I, I would just, I, I, I suppose my last point on phase would be, I hope that uh, the team themselves, Trippy, whomever, when they're watching this game back, they just, there, there are things from like that Ascent game, for instance, that they can take away and improve on in regards to some of the mistakes that are being made with the hits when Baby A was going too deep. And I hope they don't just look at it as, you know, Baby Bay had an off day and he wasn't hitting his shots. And that's why his... KD was not good. That's why he wasn't delivering the entry kills because there were things within that they that they can fix. Um, that maybe that that might have made the difference in them squeezing out one more round on ascent, sure. which could have been all the difference yeah. if just one of those rounds, the timing on one of the B hits was better, and Baby Bay didn't go quite as deep into spawn, and they just wrapped to sight effect. Like one more of those rounds that they could have squeezed out could have been a win, and that that's something that can be fixed you know players are going to sure. have off days even the craziest of aimers like baby bay are going to have off days but yeah there are things within that they can fix and i hope that they do uh 
I've, I've been receiving this question quite a lot as well, so I want to oh, okay. post it up to all of you. Cloud9 were rated top nine in the world by Platchat, mm. and the community, Scrimbucks, were through the fucking roof. Mm. I thought you were going to say, people have been asking you recently if it's true that you throw your games for content. <laughs> because <laughs> well, I've that's seen... true. That's, no, I don't mean that's I... true. I mean that people have been asking me that. Expo Sideshow exposed? No, 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 no. That was not a slip-up. That was not a slip-up. But I've, I've been hearing a lot of... There's been a lot uh... of talk out there of Cloud9 uh, looking incredible. Uh, someone... The pros have been tweeting about how Cloud9 are going to win Berlin or whatever. You know, it's tongue in cheek in, to some aspect. But yeah. And then they come out and they lose to a top tier two team like Kuki Koalas, uh, sorry, like Dark Zero, Rise, and they lose to them 2 0. Should we all be selling our Cloud9 stocks? They made top three in the previous one, they almost made Reykjavik. Everyone expected them to go upwards after that, even though they're making the swap for Zeppa coming in for Poison. No one really knows how good Zeppa's going to be. Should we be selling? What's going on here? Uh, Bala, you go first. Let Bala, it... you look like yeah, a financial I... analyst. Tell me. <laughs> <laughs> look, uh, Wyatt has definitely been on, you know, it's been his, his cloud nine for forever. Uh, I was very convinced by Wyatt in challengers finals that they they deserve to be up uh not necessarily you know where they're the best team in the world or anything like that but with the way that they're playing leaf playing phenomenally you know zeta showing like insane stuff throughout challengers finals as his as his role playing the breach um floppy being a player who came in and was just like absolutely unbelievable they still look very good they lost to rise but if you watch these games they had some really, really good ideas with slightly like off execution, and they were experimenting a shit ton. They mm. played this split comp, which I haven't seen them play. They're playing Zeta on Viper, which I don't think he's ever played in an official comp. And then they're playing Sage for the first time on split as well. So there certainly was things that are kind of off, but with the new patch, with the new agents, uh, like all the changes and whatnot, I think it's expected that there'll be like slight execution um, missteps so i don't i don't think you sell your cloud nine stocks if anything buy a little bit buy buy a couple of stocks buy right the here dip. because mm. yeah oh, exactly okay. everybody's freaking out right now and and sh like shazam saying oh they're overrated and whatnot i zeppa did look like you guys can touch on this as well but zeppa sure. is somebody that a lot of people are trying to make claims on right now and i think it's much much too early for that i mean it, it reminds me of when ethan switched and everybody was ready for him to be the top one player out of the gate. Everyone was going crazy hyping him up. Yeah. And then when he first came in, it was, okay, he's doing okay. And there's clearly glimpses of the potential. But it's, mm -hmm. And I feel the same way to, to some extent about Zeppa, where there were moments where I was like, oh, he really has an understanding of the jet mechanics. He just, that was a nice little you know, move with the dash and the updraft. And he hits a crazy shot here and there. But it's, again, it's, the man's going to need a little bit of time. I, I think we, we have to temper our expectations with these pros from other games that have high skill levels in other games coming over at this point. Um, you yeah. just, we can't expect them to be insane out of, out of the gate, right? Um, I, I do think, though, I, yeah, I, I, I am on the same page with you, Ball, in that they they were definitely they were clearly trying new things. They didn't look as uh, 
as as drilled to some extent when they were running the the Astra breach, and it felt like with that, and then with Leaf playing the Rays, it, it seemed like every piece of utility was just magic. Everything was connecting. Every fault line hit someone into a nade, and then the suck comes through. Yep. It was just, it was all perfect. Um, and yeah, it seemed like there were definitely there, there was there was some uh, uh, that coordination, the, that level of it was uh, there was a bit to be desired in in this. But yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to write them off. I'm not going to sell. I'm going to hold at the moment. I, I think the only the only part of this game that I was not thrilled about from I mean I'm not thrilled about Cloud9 losing in general. Um but I, I think that their ascent attack half was it, it left a lot to be desired. It was shit. Um, I mean it was well, really the, I, poor. I, I, I think, think I think the a lot of issue with with that for me came from well, it came from a couple of things. I, I, I think on attack, the Reyna was just not effective into, um, you know, they're playing against an Astra Killjoy, a perma-opping jet, and a guy with an Odin spamming through walls. And yeah. the Reyna, and they also, Rise were just playing dug into the sites. They were not pressing map control at all. They were giving up mid. Yeah, they were. So Cloud9 just had full map control immediately. But they were running site pops but with a jet rainer. What? They were they were just yeah, they would get the they essentially Rise gave them the map for free, but when they would hit the sites, they didn't have the utility to deal with the players that were dug in in the yeah. trenches on B just spraying with an Odin or Superman just yep. locking down A and there's Gravwell and Choke and you're Arena trying to run through. Like that's where I'm like, okay, maybe Leaf should be still playing Rays here, honestly. Or, or just um, try or the, a slow play round at any point. Yeah, try I think and play it, for it, the map a little. They would like Well, they had the, the map. That's the thing though. Yeah, but they weren't you mean drawing out into those areas. They they were just they, Rise were leaving it open, but C9 were... They'd walk down mid, and then they'd just go to A and burst into A, and there'd still be like a minute on the clock. And it's like, yeah. you, haven't, you haven't taken the time and worked the clock to, to try and draw out mistakes at any point. That's, that's, yeah, that's kind of what I'm... I wanted to see... I think where, where they missed on that was they needed to actually draw out some of the Aster util and some of the Killjoy util, yeah. because at the end of the day, that is still... Astra is still a very viable answer to the site pop because one grav one yeah. gravwell is still one gravwell, right? Um, so I, I was that was the the part of this series where I had a more negative view. Um, but overall, it's it's one game. Yeah. Zeppa is still he's he's still got a lot of room to improve in my mind. Um, so I think it it'll be more reasonable to have a firmer stance on Cloud9 after all of Stage 3 is said and done. Yeah, my, my impression watching this game was that Cloud9 are actually a good team. Um, I think Rise... The, the problem for me with Cloud9 is that they only seem to have one tempo. They just wanted to go fast at all times. I, they wanted to be applying pressure and making decisions very quickly. And it's impressive how fast they're able to play. But it felt to me a bit of like the Brazil problem, where they're so readable, because what they're doing whenever they take mid, they're instantly going into a B split. They're not really changing up the flow of the game at all. You're just allowing Rise to sit back, turtle on the sights, and, and that's, that's it. That's all they have to do. Um, th that was the biggest issue for me, because other than that, like the coordination looks good, the individual play looks good. 
I also think that you caught Rise on a good day as well because Derek had a phenomenal fucking game, getting so many impact kills. His Odin as well on Ascent was insane. And then Superman, too, playing like his best game since he first joined Literally a, a his pro best team. game since playing on Homeless in like the <laughs> PAX arena. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he, was a, he was a brick wall in this game. Yeah, it, it was bizarre. But credit to Rise as well because I think Rise are one of those teams that are perched at the top level of tier two waiting for these tier one teams to make an ups uh to to not make an upset happen but like to make mistakes and the more mistakes you make the more opportunities you open for very solid teams like rise to capitalize and if you give them an in they'll take it they're good enough to be able to take those games if you play sloppy against them and especially there on ascent i think like mitch maybe got in his own head in terms of the igling and was just calling fast plays over and over again and they, they were up like 10-5 and throw the game away. It was... Um, it felt... Yeah. It, it felt kind of like um, the Cloud9 that came out during Stage 2. I think they were played against Andbox or something like that. And they played on Ascent. And they literally did the same thing over and over. Didn't make any changes. Didn't adjust at all. And then they went out. I think they came back in Challenger 2. And they looked completely different. Hmm. So, like, that is a thing that will happen. Especially as there's large breaks between tournaments where teams come out and they look they look like they're what what the hell is this like we're not this is not what we're used to watching and then all of a sudden they they have an entirely new look yeah i i do still believe in cloud9 though i mean i think that you know it's fair to say that they were overrated perhaps coming into this tournament judging by their actual performance but i think their 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 potential and not just their potential but what they showed in the last tournament too should still lead you to believe that they're capable of maybe even making it to Berlin right underneath Sentinels. Like that is the ceiling of this team. Um, whether or not they actually make it there is a, is a different question, but I, I still think that this team has that. And I could see this fast-paced style that Cloud9 are going for throwing off a lot of other rosters. I, I think you have to give credit to Rise for being able to deal with it too, because mm -hmm. it's um, it, it, when teams play that quickly, it does force you to make your decisions really quickly too. And it's quite easy to get run over in those. I think you have to give a lot of credit to Rise as well. We talked about so much about C9, but like I was really worried about this Rise team because I'd been keeping some tabs on them simply because they had players that I had like known like with Calypso. And a lot of people thought Calypso was like the best component of this team. And we're like, okay, they don't have Calypso anymore. So how does this squad perform after he's gone, right? And they come out and have like a great performance here versus a new C9. So yeah. I have to say, if Superman continues to put up the... The, the PAX Arena performance here, and they just in general continue to gel this way. Uh, I feel like that's they're pretty, they're how dare I say, poised to be in a good position. I mean, I, <laughs> no. I mean, you should not have dared say it. Nice, I've only heard yeah. that 172 oh, really? times in the past. Yeah, I, well, heard, I mean, I've been here 173, yeah, 173 <laughs> times. Why, but, oh, but yeah, C9, lot, lot of room for them to grow, like brand new team. I also feel like. The fast-paced style is like a very easy default crutch for teams that feel they have a lot of fragging power to just like pop, pop hit like sites all the time. Yeah. So oh, they do, they, like they do. Have yeah, and they do, power. and so and, and they just need time to like develop a little bit more. I think once Zeppa gets more in the swing of it and they feel more confident, like actually setting up their plays to last longer, like and just working map control, they're going to be pretty good. I'm not yeah. going to sell my stocks. I'm buying the dip. Yeah, you're buying well, the dip. You're not I'm just holding, dip, you're yeah. buying the dip. Oh, with I'm bar, buying the dip for C9, down. for okay. sure, yeah. Right. 
I, you know, I'm, it's just like a couple stocks here. It's not okay. It's, it's not, not like a what huge I did amount. When I have to challenge the finals. Yeah, exactly. All right. Okay. Uh, I get it. I, I get it. Shanks looked revitalized. Like I don't think I've seen him for actually probably ever. Like to be honest, I expected when he played on energy for him to come out every single game and just like be an op monster, but he just never was. This game, this, this series, he had certainly flashes of that, which was exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he definitely uh, got the better end of Zephyr in a number of scenarios. Um, yeah, uh, an impressive performance, but I don't, think, I don't think this was like... Sometimes teams lose games, and sometimes the upset team wins the game, you know? And I think this was one of the scenarios where Ryze won the game on the split, and Cloud9 lost the game. <laughs> on a set and so <laughs> you know you Madden. feel like pretty good about <laughs> both teams right. you don't feel like it was terrible from from either squad but they had them they had their moments um i want to talk about 100 thieves next because what well, sorry john madden yeah, yeah. ball yeah. mentioned john madden and i could not think of a better description <laughs> of how you are talking right now that is amazing <laughs> the other team seems to do pretty well by winning the game and the other team does not appear to be doing as good by losing the game here. Do, you, do you understand there are some times where teams lose they don't it's not the yeah. other team no, wins. no 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 they yeah, just play their game and the I other agree. team yeah. loses like cloud nine uh. lost I said, <laughs> I am fucking John Madden today, but when you watch, you'll, I mean, okay, let's oh move on. I, I know what you mean. I want to talk about 100 Thieves, all right, mm. because we want to kind of follow this path, essentially, of Noble, right? This topic oh, okay. is almost talking more about Noble than it is about yeah. 100 Thieves, more perhaps. TSM, too. Like exactly, <laughs> because we're going to get on to talking about TSM after this also, but 100 Thieves to start with almost got eliminated or like had very close series against teams you shouldn't be expecting to see them have close series against against saw against noble um when i watched these games i was not particularly impressed by 100 thieves e even though they won and cloud nine lost i yeah. would feel way more confident about like a cloud nine team than 100 thieves overall i think moving forwards because when i watch these games and specifically the game against Noble, right? Because the game against Sword didn't actually get streamed. But this game against Noble, it didn't feel like 100 Thieves had changed anything from last time. That, to me, was the biggest problem. I was watching this game, and I was like, you've still got all the same problems. Asana's out in fucking Africa, and you've got no real support for him. You keep slowing down the sight hits after somebody dies, but you're not actually cutting noise, and you're just slow peeking into people and dying it felt like there was no significant improvement. I was just watching the same old 100 Thieves. I, I don't care what team it is at this point. I, don't, I mean, I don't care if it's 100 Thieves, if it's FPX. When it comes to Icebox, just play Sage. <laughs> I, I've seen enough. I have yeah. seen enough of this Sageless Icebox theory to have the notion that Sage is in fact... Good on Icebox. I have a different take, though. Okay. The devs need to redesign Icebox so that Sage is not a must-pick. No. Otherwise, you have to like blood-sacrifice your Sage to get the spike plant down all the time. Yeah. The map needs a fucking yeah, redesign. I agree with it. It's yeah, shit. Okay. I agree yeah, but with that. that. But that's, that's outside the this confines is, of the explanation, right? That's yeah, like saying, well, I... That was the, the shit so we should the cool down, like, obviously. Moved to fucking Narnia. <laughs> but, I mean, I the only is... other take is that Sage isn't needed on Icebox. Yeah, no, no, I no, agree no, 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 that no. the map should be changed. But what I mean is, what I mean is, I feel like teams are trying to get value out of Sage's comms because they're like, 
why the fuck are we playing Sage? The only reason to play Sage is like a little bomb delivery slave that goes in and just do do do, and you put down the bomb and you leave. But this. I think the, the teams are trying to find a pick that gets you more value. But the problem is the map is so okay. is designed so that you need that little just courier for the bomb all the time. And you need the walls to be able to get you into certain scenarios. Yes. I think teams are trying to rebel out of that because they feel like it's such a limited pick. This is, but it this isn't. Is you just need it because the map is shit. As, as IGLing you two on Icebox. On the one hand, the guy I forced to play Sage on Icebox. On the other hand, the guy who wants to play Sage on every other map. That's why. <laughs> I, I, my, my thing is, um, well, here's what I'd ask you. Do you think that Killjoy Opping is a viable replacement for the sage. Okay, get the fuck out of here. No, <laughs> it's not. What? No, oh. it's not, but that's not even, they're not even trying to do the same thing. All right, let's, let's get the conversation <laughs> back to 100 Thieves, though. I mean, they, that's what they were doing. They, but they weren't using it as a replacement for the sage, particularly. I mean, they're just... I mean, I think that's Steel is where just, the sage would be. Uh, in I, that comp. I suppose, but there's, uh, it doesn't really help you get towards... It doesn't help you, like... Well, I suppose it helps you cover tube and stuff, but it doesn't help Is you. it also, or perhaps maybe that, you know, maybe they don't need the omen. But uh, I mean, are 100 Thieves... I mean, 100 Thieves have been committing all time on Icebox to Omen Viper. They are, yeah. they are 100% committed to running Omen Viper. They've believed it for a while. They talk about it on stream. They just don't think you can run Solo Viper here, despite the fact that everyone else in the world thinks you can. Apart from maybe Genji. I mean, it does seem like 100 Thieves are... They feel that they're hurting from not having a jet player. I mean, they've, they've thrown Asuna onto the jet on Haven. Um, I mean, do we, do we believe that that is somewhat of a limiting factor on these other maps? That they can't run the comp that like Sentinel is running or like Ascend are running? What I think is probably the best comp on Icebox, which is having the Reina jet. Uh, do we think that, that, I mean, is that a factor as well? Because I kind of do. I don't think it's a factor. I think it's a symptom. I think the, the sim okay. I think the root problem is that their team has too many players that want to be supportive. And the symptom mm -hmm. of that is we don't have anyone who can play jet. The other symptom of that is you're fucking up your solo duelist comps with all of your spacing and your positioning too. Yeah. And but the root problem to me, the more I watch hundred thieves, the more I'm coming to the realization that there might need to be a roster change in the in this team's future because players this good can't be skill capped like this like it's not acceptable in my opinion and i think that 100 thieves the org will also come to the same realization it's not acceptable to have players that have so much talent and they do but your combination of them doesn't work and even though 100 thieves are going to make it you know probably relatively deep when it comes to this tournament they're not going to achieve what they set out to achieve, which is like a repeat win of first strike or being the team that makes it to Berlin. There's no way that you can look at this game, the only streamed recent games of 100 Thieves, and be confident about them making it to Berlin unless you're deep on the fucking copium. Like they, they just don't look like they have the potential to do that. And I don't think that's going to end up being acceptable for this squad. Uh, and even to make it to like the last chance qualifier and do well and get into champions at the end of the year, again, I don't really see... The potential here. I don't know whether it's an issue with the IGLing of like these players are being told to play like this. It seems more like their natural tendencies though. Because I I swear Steel is smart enough to realize that they need to be more proactive. And they need to 
have more like forward power at the front of their pack and there's there's none of that and there hasn't been for ages didn't didn't he have that explanation that like they tried so many times and they just couldn't get it to work it wasn't that a whole thing yeah i think so i think he, he was saying that like I think Asana was saying that Steele has really been trying to tell them, like, anyone could be an entry fragger. Like, if you see that that role is missed, it's not just on Asana. Mm -hmm. Like, you have to go and do that job. And I, mm -hmm. I don't know whether that isn't being effectively communicated or it's just not going in or the players don't think like that. I don't know. It just isn't working. Like, when you watch them play, it's the, 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 the scaling aspect of it. Like, they use their utility, but then they don't actually take the space that they've created. And that... Mm -hmm. Either those issues normally come from really low confidence, which I don't understand why this team would be, like, scared against these teams, or they come from, like, players who are too passive and they don't have that desire to go forwards and take the risk. I, I don't know. I feel like it's a more fundamental issue that perhaps needs to be... It, it's perhaps too early to, to call it completely, but that's the direction that my brain is going in. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I understand what you're getting at. I mean... All that aside, I mean, we didn't. They they did in in pretty cool and also I don't know, just odd fashion. They did win the first map with Ethan lagging out, and then they brought Dicey back in, and then they win the first map with Dicey. Yeah, and then they return to, and then Ethan comes back for the second map. They lose Icebox, which they've just been struggling on Icebox. I mean, I think they lost Icebox to the previous team as well, right? If I'm, I might be wrong on that, but I don't know. I. I, I I don't know. So I check. was a computer. Yes, um, it was thirteen eleven. Yeah, it was Icebox again. And then on the third map, they did win on Ascent in very close fashion. But I actually, I, I it was on Ascent where my confidence, my confidence in hundred theaters might be at an all time low after watching them win on Ascent. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, some of the rounds in the first half. I mean, they were they were just. Not good. I I don't know what to say. I mean, isn't it, it the same thing that we've seen from them for so long on Ascent? Like literally no changes. I feel like. Yeah, I mean, it, it felt. They're like not I even going back to like the old like wall Kurt, pops that they that was like super cool that they were doing before. I guess. Kurt, could you play? But round I feel like that defines a hundred thieves in general, right? They haven't evolved this entire time. Every time we've watched them play, it feels like this is the same team we saw months ago when they yeah. first formed right like it's just they're just individually this team is so talented overall and they have a deep enough understanding of the game to where they're going to go relatively far and then there's going to be moments where like fucking like asuna just drops like a 30 bomb or something and it's like win like a massive game or like or it doesn't even have to be asuna it could be like ethan or nitro also just have like a crazy fucking game too right so th they're just so talented but it feels like they have yet to evolve past like we have asuna in and now we play really slow and our spacing is really weird and we're slowing down the side hit and Hiko is approximately one trillion miles away look on, that, on a space shuttle. Look at the minimap here as well. Why do you need four players to take a main and you have no info anywhere else and your entire thing is that you're just going to slowly... Just watch how this round plays Slowly out. going to A. This is how they started a lot of their rounds as well where they don't start with like a, a, a default and they try and take the map control or anything. They, they overstack players in an area to complete a fairly simple objective. There's a lot of players here who are not doing anything useful. They're just watching their teammates' backs, essentially. They're not actually accomplishing anything, applying pressure anywhere else. 
And then they're just going to group up for an A hit at the end anyway. And they don't know whether people are pushed out of B main. It, it, there's no noise over by anywhere else on the map for Noble to have to deal with. It just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I... Again, after yeah, after this map, I, I, I don't have a lot of confidence with Hunter Thieves going into this um, challenger uh, final, or challenger main event, rather. I mean, um, I, d I did really like Leviathan's I, play. I was going to say, yeah. yeah. I mean, to talk about Noble, though, I, they're certainly, they, they have skilled players on this team. Leviathan was playing really well. He's been playing really well for this team for, I mean, the last, at least like the last few weeks or so, um, from the games that I have, I've watched of Noble in the Tier 2 scene. Um, and also, B Dog picking up the duelist for the first time has been impressive. He has a really good he has a really good understanding of, of players' positioning on the map. Like he does an excellent job when he's opping of always finding the perfect timings to kill players who are on the lurk or on the flanks. Mm. Like he has a, he has a really good he has a good mental map of like what's happening sure. in game. Um, I I think that team has some some good skilled players for sure. I I think they're on the right path. I think they should have a good trajectory. Um, so, uh, you know, respect to them for making it that far, getting the upset on TSM, almost getting the upset on 100 Thieves. A, a nice showing from them, honestly. Yeah, Frost's UK is nasty. I think he was he's a recent addition, right? After um, Zekin left? Um, so Frost, like I mean, they made, is... they made a lot of, the, pretty much the, entire of the, old, the entirety of the old Noble rosters off the Noble roster. Yeah, yeah. Pion and ZK were the, the newest additions, and ZK was nasty, nasty, nasty um, in, the, in the map that they won. Um, so, yeah, definitely props to, to Noble. But Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's going to be interesting following 100 Thieves. Uh, it's, I mean, if we think back to the conversations that they were having the last time that we had this discussion, it was like Steel talking about how they were trying to adjust their icebox comp and they felt like they didn't have enough time and they wasted three days like trying out a bunch of different compositions and then they had to go back to what they were doing and they couldn't figure out which maps were the best for them. They ended up, you know, there's like, I don't know. Uh, there's too many difficulties here. It feels like eventually a, a change is going to be. It really does. Yeah, I, I don't want, I don't want to hang want on this forever, but go on, ball. Yeah, I, I watched some of those rounds and and to be honest, sometimes I feel like I'm, I'm watching Steel literally give up on the team in, <laughs> in some of the calls that he's making. Like, uh, usually I, I would see, like, like, especially that one, one round that we're seeing. Like, when you see indecisiveness of him specifically, and then the rest of them are kind of floating around, it feels like he's trying to call something, but then he's just like, ah, fuck it, we're just gonna, we're gonna slam through A anyways, because I don't have the faith to, to try to get them to do something else. That seems... To me, like it could be happening, but that's just pure speculation based yeah, off of a yeah, fucking mini-map. So. It's also, <laughs> Steel is about the player with the most individual freedom on that team other than Asana. You'll see Steel go for mm -hmm. more plays than other people that are on the team. Like your Killjoy is picking up the AWP. Your Killjoy is the one that's like going on the, the flank backstab play or trying to lurk or trying to open up an area. It's not other players. It's like Asana is mad. You know, he doesn't have a leash on him at all. And then it's Steel who feels like he's when I watch, it feels like Steel is trying to make up for the lack of proactivity on his other players because he has the idea mm -hmm. in his head of like the IGL, like I know that this needs to be done, and I, no one else is doing it, and therefore I will. You know, even though it's not necessarily his role to do. Yep. Very odd. Yeah. I yeah. We, have, we can move no? on. Okay. We, we can so, move on. Yeah. So the other thing that yeah, I want to talk about here is we want to get into TSM now. A reminder that the TSM Noble game was not actually on stream. But they did make a roster move as well, so it's time for the famous pro state exam. Assessing the state of these pros. Mm. 
And my word, it's been a long time coming, it feels. It's been a long time coming for a TSM Pro State. Yeah. They're overdue. I'm, I mean, they're yeah. a, they have higher risk now. They need <laughs> to make sure we need to get in there. And this time, <laughs> we're doing a medical exam without a drone as well. So no keyhole surgery. We're just going straight in. Slice them open. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, no, oh, no. my God. I mean, I, I mean, I, li I mean, I sure. That was good. I, that was good. That was, <laughs> that was good. nice. Did you write I that one last one. night? Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. Thank you. Good little round of applause. That is unbelievable. slow clap. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, God. there is. it is very difficult to actually assess what's happening here because TSM haven't played a game against a Tier 1 team on stream since April. Um, so if you're trying yeah. to assess how they're playing, you have to look at these kind of VODs, like Levitate, FBM, stuff like that, and maybe try and look at like the comps they're playing. Also, the yeah, changes, from the point of view of a player like on Levitate. Yeah, so you're yeah. not getting the whole... I, I mean, I tuned in briefly, and I don't know. You just see peaks and angle, and just dies toward up, and it's like, okay, I, so, I don't know. You can you can only get so, so much from that. But with that caveat given, though, yeah, I kind of want to begin with the drone shift that we've just seen. So okay. drone drone being removed from the team. So they've already made a bunch of other moves before this. Now, after losing to Noble and make it, failing to make it through this qualifier, they've just been at a boot camp as well. So they brought drone in person to say their goodbyes. That they've now parted with drone. This like back when they were at their best, he was probably the best Phoenix player that we had in mm -hmm. in North America. You know, he was up there with the best Sovers. But we're talking ancient fucking history. Yeah, we're talking condition series. Yeah, yeah, like a long, Which long is, time ago. It is crazy, but, but that uh, is pretty much a year ago at this yes. point. I mean, we're, we're... Actually, it's over a year ago. If you're thinking about TSM's peak, isn't it? Like July? That's about now. Is it about yeah, now? Yeah, it is right. about now. So, yeah, I mean, now into the next couple months, like, you know, last August was the well, Days Invitation. There was First Strike, yeah. too, that we could, we could like... Yeah, yeah sure. they did okay that was, First yeah. Strike was the, the final hurrah. They made the final, they came in second, and then after that, it's just... Immediately after that, actually, it had just been downhill. Um, I mean... Look, they needed to make a big change. Honestly, I think at the end of the day, this, this might be one of those situations where uh, the team has just, that core of the team has just expired. It has simply expired. You know, like I, like I, I like chicken, but if chicken expires, I'm not going to eat it. But that doesn't mean I don't <laughs> like chicken anymore. I still like chicken. <laughs> and, if and if drone is... And if and I still like drone just because he was a just because the you know he was a part of the thing that expired doesn't mean I don't like. Any the problem other. with that analogy though <laughs> is that when a piece of chicken expires, that's it. It's done. That piece of chicken is fucked forever. It doesn't right. go back to being unexpired. When I guess yeah, your point is that generally I still like <laughs> chicken in general. Right. You right. Know what right. I mean? I still right. like Drone. I think Drone is. I I wouldn't be surprised if it just ends up where he's just on another team. And he, mm. he performs better elsewhere. We actually do have an know? expert for this. Analogy of Ast, can you can you compare <laughs> do you have anything that might be better than the than the, the, the better than that? I mean, chicken. I think more so I think a more accurate comparison would be like I don't like fruitcake, but I do <laughs> like fruit, you know? And so when I take drone uh, the fruit a piece of fruit out of the fruit cake, the component okay. of the fruit cake, I still yeah. like that piece of fruit, but when I put it back in to make the fruit cake, I'm like, oh this sucks ass. And that's TSM. TSM is the fruitcake. Right. And drone is a piece of fruit. Okay. I see. Yeah, that's yeah. what that's I'm... That's all right. That's, that's not bad, actually. That's, 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 what I'm, that's, that's why we pay him the big bucks yeah. for those kind of analogies. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm getting at, though. Like, I think 
at the end of the day, this happens to teams all the time where it's just, you've been around each other for too long, you know, thing, it just, there's no bringing back the glory days, you know? It's, sure. it's hard okay. to recreate that magic. They've tried a million different things in, in, in regards to keeping the roster, but changing game leader, change the roles, you play this, you play that. It was time that they made a, a bigger change and... Right. Hopefully, Drone just has. I, I still. I think Drone will still have a fine pro career, and he could still be a very good player, just elsewhere. But but outside system. of Drone, I guess a lot of the fans are looking at this, and they're saying, "Well, Drone was one of your best pieces. Why don't you try mixing up, or why don't you try removing the the leadership, like Sabrosa at the IGL role? Why don't you try removing Hayes? He hasn't been performing at the same level as Drone when you were at your peak. Like people." I think people are really wondering who the core of this team is and who the core of this team should be if you want to find success in the future. I think I think identifying that is very difficult, especially when they haven't been like like I said on stream for uh, three months against a top team. But Bala, if you had to, if you were looking at TSM purely from the outside and trying to select a few players to rebuild around. Who would you go for? Like, what is the core of this team? How do you make this core work again? Yeah, the, diffi the difficulty of that is how much they have been changing some of the people you would expect to be the core, like Sabrosa. Um, like, how much he has been changing roles and what he's been playing. Like, I don't really even have an identity for him anymore, right? So yeah. I can't just be like, here's a piece. I need this. I need a controller. Or I need this or whatever. That becomes really difficult for them. But... I feel like it has to be part of that. Sabrosa, Wardell, one of those two, in my opinion, have to go because they are going to be the the team, the the place that um, the the team's heart is from. And that is, to me, I've always been trying to say that that's kind of been where the the issue lies from. They need to be able to replace that. I feel like Drone is somebody that goes with it simply because he's kind of like. Well, I don't know. I, I, I don't want to put any aspiration or um, ask. I don't know what the hell the word is, but it makes sense to me. Aspersions. For like aspersions. Yeah. Uh, on character is basically what I was trying to go for. Um, so like trying to replace the actual heart of the team with something entirely new in my mind is 100% necessary. Otherwise, it's going to fall into the same traps. When you say the heart of the team, you're talking about like IGL captain, the emotional leading within the team. Is that the the point where it's like you need people that yes. are coming in with drive, with different ideas, with like um, uh, yeah, exactly, yeah, gonna be keeping people balanced as they're in the game, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, um, I, I yeah, I I definitely agree. I mean, this I, is I, I, one I feel like TSM has, has historically in, in all sorts of games gone so much for the influence side of being a pro player yeah. that it becomes hard for them as well. I, I clearly see them like Wardell's untouchable, you know, Sabrosa's untouchable because yep. of their brands that they're building within the team and that, that TSM has invested in them. But I think that is, if they want to create a, a TSM that should be respected in the pro scene. They need to drop that idea and, you know, give in to the, the sunk costs at that point. Like, well, yeah, let's talk, let's talk about that aspect as well. If TSM do feel like the organization are attached to these big brands, 
at what point do people stop being fans of TSM? Like, I know that TSM fans are wild, and we're already at the point now where there's been six months of them doing essentially nothing at the pro level. They had a yeah. glimpse uh, in some of the qualifiers for Masters 1, was it? Where they got relatively I mean, there deep, was that and it was one crazy. Game that it was like, all of a sudden, they just beat Gen G. Yeah, and it was and like, Warfield whoa, what the fuck? 90 kills on one map, but and that's it was like just one, insane. One yeah. flash in the pan in the whole yeah. of this year. You'd already think that people would have given up on TSM. If it was any other team, people would have given up. But TSM, the brand is so large, and Waddell and Sabrosa and their success in Ignition. At what point does it just become the best business decision to completely rebuild this team? Because it's got to be coming up. I say this all the time. It is unbelievable, though. If you are the first amazing team or like the first amazing players in a new game... You, yep. you can carry that fucking clout a long way. Yeah. It, it happens in every new game. Whoever is the best first, they will just be in the conversation forever. Yeah. Even if, yeah, I mean, at this point, it's like, yeah, it's been all year. Yeah, it's I mean, been the, more than all year. It's been since, yeah. if you want to include mid-December when they played the, whatever, like the JBL Quantum sure. and just got blasted in the group stage. But they've just carried it this this whole way. Is I mean, this the last time they won a tournament? Is that what you're showing us here? They I won mean, the also, Phase Invitational. That was the, the last one. From the business side, I don't feel like... I think you're looking at it from an interesting angle of like, what is the goal What is the goal of TSM here exactly? And what is the goal... Like, this is a very big problem in general with like, how much value is Sabrosa and Wardell currently building for the TSM brand to where it doesn't even matter that they win or not? Right. 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 Like that's, that's the, the thing. Question. Like from from a business side, it's like technically you could be like, well, the goal of esports is to win. It's like, well, no, the goal of esports is to finally start making some fucking money. And like, <laughs> and the, the issue is, yeah. is that like, does winning doesn't always guarantee you money? And in addition to that, like having two gigantic creators and a very and a, a, you know on this team could make it seem like they are untouchable. And also, you could still make an argument that, like, so Rosa and Wardell have talent enough to stay on top of the clout that they bring as creators, right? So it's really hard to make a decision from, like, just being like, well, we're not performing, right? But it's like, yeah, but what is the goal of this organization? Is the goal of this organization to win? Like, is there currently yeah. enough reason to, like, rebuild this team when you have two gigantic creators with huge brands that are, like, and one of them is kind yeah. of endemic now to Valorant with Wardell? So Here's like, the, okay, I don't know. My my point as to what you were asking though about when is like the cutoff? When does that not matter? Because I mean, I'm I am glad you brought that up, Bala, because I do think you can clearly see what's kind of going on in regards to TSM's view on it. To some extent, when you when you're watching their content and it's Wardell Sabrosa hazed doing these interviews with Myth and like right, you right. can see what's going on there. Um, Here's a, and I think Myth is a good example of this actually to some extent, where there is eventually a cutoff point where if you're known for being the good player at the game and that is your brand, where if you don't perform, there is a point where you get passed by all the content creators who are also pounding in the game. Like there was a point in Fortnite, Myth was on top for a really long time, he started failing in tournaments and his brand value went way down. Way he wasn't getting down. as many viewers because he wasn't performing competitively. Yeah. And the people who were started taking like taking a lot of his, I don't want to say directly like taking his viewers. I feel like that's kind of stupid, but more people were interested in watching those guys who were then succeeding in the big tournaments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And their brand starts to drop. And that will happen in Valorant. Like Wardell and Sabrosa's brand is based around them being really good at the game. Wardell is crazy yeah. at opping. 
and, and playing Jet, and Sabrosa has crazy aim. That is kind of that is their brands. To, to the, the, that is the primary focus, rather, of their brands. And eventually, if they're not finding results from that, the, the numbers for them are going to drop too. So you have to maintain both to succeed. I like, think there is some difference, though, between the Fortnite example and the uh, Valorant example in that a lot of what you're watching and paying attention to if you're watching Waddell is not really his matches, it's his ranked performance. And if you can stay at the top of ranked, and think... even if you give up on being a pro, you can still have a career that, as a streamer that's built around, I am good at this game. There's so many people in Overwatch who are not on pro teams, but they have big yeah. streaming careers just built around, I am good at X hero. And then people who watch their stream genuinely believe that they are one of the best in the world because they're pounding the ranked ladder. That can happen, but when you see, like when you see Asuna's tra trajectory, for example, you can see the impact of performing in tournaments and how that oh, yeah. sends you to the fucking stratosphere. I like, mean, the Sentinels guys' streams have they all blew doubled, up. tripled, yeah. whatever, yeah. And if that's, I mean, yeah, TSM don't look like they're going to be at Iceland well. at any time. Yeah, Boaster's going to, whatever, it's yeah. like 4K. Yeah, his just stream grew 10 One million times. in China. I mean, <laughs> he's, he's, he's huge. So he, there is an immense amount of value um, in that. But I don't know, do we, if we want to direct the conversation away from that to the, to the, to the rest of the roster, mm. there is one thing that I do want to talk about um, as well in regards to Bang. When we were talking about him joining the team last time, Paula... The point you had made about uh, will this actually fix their problems, that just stuck with me. I kept hearing your voice in my head all week when I was just thinking, oh my God, he's right. Rent free, And I feel like go. we're going to be in this situation where he might not get his, uh, he might not get a good look um, just based on being on the team he's on right now. Mm. In that, he's on TSM. If they're not going to perform, it's going to look like he's not performing. It's going to look like he yeah. isn't actually a legit upcoming talent, which I do believe he is. But Have you seen it, the other people that they're trialing as well? Well, yeah, I saw they were trialing Leviathan, Critical. Critical. Yeah. I mean, those are also good players, but then I suppose we're just riding on Hazed as the in-game leader. Right, that's the then, problem, right? That's what I was trying to get at as well, okay. is that I feel like the core of this team ha is the issue. And, and that makes it very difficult to decide who your core should be moving forwards as well. Because when I watched TSM in the past, like at the, at the beginning of the year, so from January to April, so it was their downward trajectory from being a tier one team into becoming a tier two team. They are a tier two team right now. And that downward trajectory to me was defined by them not understanding what comps they wanted to play, constantly changing stuff around, not understanding what roles they wanted to play. There was no vision there whatsoever for TSM. And when you watched them play as well, it was clear that they hadn't got any idea of like set stuff that they wanted to do on the map. No protocols had been built, probably because they were throwing their comps and roles around so much. And that all comes down to leadership. And I don't think that you can necessarily uh, like... I, I, it, it's very possible that whoever you throw the IGL to is just not wanting that role and is not built for that role. You just don't seem to have somebody who's had success in a leadership scenario for, for TSM. Sabrosa tried IGLing before, but we don't even know what role Sabrosa wants to play. Never mind IGLing. I don't think that's been particularly <laughs> successful. Hazed, they weren't that great when Hazed was IGLing either. It didn't look like they had any more of a plan then. It, it feels like what they need is someone to come in and, and shake them down and just give them yeah. that leadership. And that's why I don't see any value to cutting people like Drone and replacing them with, uh, with 
like Critical, for example. Levi has actually IGL'd in Tier 2 teams, apparently. But I don't know whether they're searching for that. It, I think they're just searching for the wrong bring a. You're not gonna bring be able to bring a, an IGL from a team from a tier two team, unless this guy has the ball, the biggest balls of steel to just fucking come in and shake yeah, that shit up. Confidence. And you know who does? I think who? I'm gonna say his name again, and I said that TSM should get him before. I think they should get Anderson, who's on Dark Zero. I said this a long Is he time ago. Dark Zero? I was under the impression that he was, and I is good. And as watching well. his very good. watching his stream. He has a big fucking personality as well. Like, I think, first of all, he has like a big personality in that I think he could be... Uh, Wait, no, Screwface is IGL in Dark Zero. Is he? Yeah, the, he's the Jet IGL, the mastermind of Dark okay. Zero. Because at some point I heard that Anderson was leading when, he, when they were kooky koalas. I don't know if it's gone back mm -hmm. and forth or, or whatever the situation is there. So I guess I'll say that hypothetically, if Anderson has the skills to be an in-game leader... I will say he definitely has a big personality and he seems like the kind of guy who would not be afraid to tell them what the fuck he wants. Um, yep. I think that that, I think he is an actual viable option for that team. Because mm. um, the problem that TSM is in is that they, they need somebody who has the reputation or whatever or the confidence to be able to come in and fix them. But they also mm. are not in a position where those kind of people... They're not an attractive team to those kind of people. Those kind of people are better served moving to more established or teams with more potential. It's almost like working on a DIY project in your garage trying to fix TSM. It's like it's more of what you would want to do as a, a side hobby. If you if you put your entire weight of your career into TSM, that's a big risk to try and take on a project that, that that's that that big. Yeah. The, the risk-reward ratio doesn't really make sense for a lot of these talented yeah. team leaders coming up. Get a big mm -hmm. check. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. it depends on where their situation is, right? Like, if it's a, someone that... But it would still require them to branch out and be willing to drop members of their core. At the end of the day, these are all still going to, like... Most of the players that I'm, I'm assuming they'd be able to find are going to be players that, that they need to fix their issues are going to be stuff within the core here. Because I think... Most of us are in agreement that the core problem for TSM has never really been a talent thing. It's still just like how the team operates. And they still walk away from every tournament being like, yeah, we don't know what we're doing. And it's like, how is at no point anyone said like, well, maybe we just need to replace more players, right? Like maybe we need well, to actually yeah. like rebuild. Like, I think they would more. have considered drone part of their core that they've cut right now though as well. I think this is them finally taking inroads into it, you know, chipping away at the, the center, moving towards... The problem. I think it's a really tough one to to get to, and uh, I don't envy Chet either. I don't really. I, I. It's not like we can see what's happening on the inside of the team. I don't know whether he's being helpful, but it's <laughs> not a not a great situation to be in. There you go. There's it, the post. It reminds exam. me of. Sorry. It reminds me uh, of one one more thing. Like, of uh, for people who follow basketball, like the Miami Heat back in 2011 when they got the big three: LeBron, Dwayne, mm -hmm. and, and Bosh. And their coach, Eric Spolstra, who, like, was this up-and-comer guy, didn't really, like, succeed that much. Like, he was bringing back a, a team that was rebuilding. And the year that they came, they didn't respect him at all. They didn't give a shit. The core of that team, the big three, was just like, nope, we don't care what you have to say. We're going to do what we have to do. And they lost in the finals, whatever, whatever. The next year, he fucking shits on them and suddenly, like, just drops the biggest set of balls and makes LeBron, Wade, all of them play together and whatever. That is, you either need somebody who could do that to TSM or you need to break up the core. 
in my mind, that is the conclusion that I make when I when I look at what they're going to be changing and, and all the different things that they're going to be trying to do. If they don't do that, I don't think they'll be successful. Yeah, I agree. Okay, moving on. Some of our other teams that made it through and some notable matches. Genji, Exet, and Envy all made it through as well. But all of these guys had pretty interesting games. Exet was able to win against Dark Zero. Those guys actually looked pretty promising, I think. New Look Exet, which is where I'd like to begin because they didn't have the most interesting games. The others, we might want to dig into the matches a little more. But for Exet to be able to make it past Dark Zero, they, the addition of Death, I think, is a good look for this team. Not everything has been fleshed out. They don't look like the final product yet. But... When you've added the firepower of Zekken and then also the um, the the just a bit more like structure that Def seems to bring, or at least him being able to find value through the the lurks that he's on as well, this looks like a good team. This looks like a team that's got a lot of potential as well. They look like they've made the right moves. Yeah, I mean overall, I think. I think there's there's definitely still a lot of work to be done, but I am optimistic because, you know, I've always, BCJ, Nuts, Pure, been pretty good, and Aaron's always been relatively solid. So, like, I think having Def there in particular is going to, because they just weren't, it seems like they weren't finding the synergy they needed with Weeded, even though I think Weeded was, like, really, really good on, like, the controller role when he played it. So, Def hopefully is going to help them because i think that's the big thing for xset right is like it was never super it never really was a talent problem for them right it was fixing attack halves consistently that was like the problem that owned them so hopefully now that they if they have some time to build and they're already looking like relatively solid that this is going to be the iteration where they can fix those attack half issues and really reach their peak did you see them play on breeze did you see the comp that yes. they were running on breeze with the cypher killjoy I thought that was yeah. really interesting. Um, I don't know if you can bring up a clip of it, Kurt. It was Exet playing against Dark Zero on Breeze. And they're running Cypher Killjoy, and they just trip all of the flank, and then they play it like 4-1 on a site and just work it for a minute. And they just know for the entire minute that everyone can look forwards because their flanks are, are being held. <laughs> it's, yeah. It feels like it's going to be very... And then you've also got um, Def being able to go on more lurks even though he's playing the cypher role. i don't know it's 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 cool they're showing us different stuff yeah i like it for breeze a lot i like that comp for breeze a lot because there's just so much space to control at times um so it's pretty interesting to have like the double sentinel yeah well, it's like both of the one of the biggest things active. is the the flank watching on on breeze is so crucial and so important i think there's so, there's some stat out there that like flanks are so much more unbelievably successful that like the going for them is is 100 like a guaranteed value or something like that um so this responds to that really nicely i think i i only got to watch this kind of gimmicky game i i like only caught glimpses of the other ones but to talk to like the act the issue previously with xset it always was game plan it always was strategic like the strategic approach the tactics that come out of those approaches um, that felt lackluster, and at least on the Breeze game, it felt much, much different. It felt like their sight hits had some oomph behind them. There were reasons why they were throwing the utility that there were, and they were happening at good times, which I think was always, always, always missing for Xset previously, where they thrived on the fundamentals. They always were very good at, at you know, trading well, getting to places together, and stuff like that, and that's why they actually did manage to gain a couple of, of those rounds where 
like strategically it's like hmm, well is this is this really gonna work so def seems to be the guy that's bringing that and that is exciting to me that is really really exciting to me yeah any passing thoughts on uh or rather, it's just to run this out. Any thoughts on them bringing in Zekin to replace Thwaifa? Because that didn't ha that happened within this uh, past yeah, week. Yeah, we, we thought they were going to have a six-man roster. Yeah, last we, we thought it was yeah. a six-man roster. Then Thwaifa was, uh, by management <laughs> decision, been dispensed from the roster. I, I think I, I think I like it. I mean, I was, I was down with Thwaifa as well. I think that he was pretty, pretty good actually. But moving. Aaron over to Sentinel and opening up for a player with a lot of skill to be added to Xset could turn them into a team that can punch up like further than they were able to as well. Um, I'm not exactly sure where the ceiling for Zekin is. He's been, he was farming the unsigned teams that they were playing in the bracket. He had like the third highest ACS or something just wailing through uh, teams. And then I think one of these maps against uh, Dark Zero, he popped off as well, but he was oh, relatively he, quiet. On I mean, I'm sure you could find the clip, Kurt. He hit a ridiculous clutch against mm. Dark Zero on this map. He's clearly um, very skilled. And I think that that is probably one of those uh, tough decisions to make, but helpful for the long-term moves for Xset too, where maybe, you know, getting a bit more firepower out of your, your duelist who's up at the front, or he was playing Sky in some of these games as well, but like the person that's going up at the tip of the spear. I think that could be really helpful for Xset. Yeah, I agree. I, I think. Ahead, Sorry, I was just gonna say. Yeah, I think it's just it was a tough move that had to be made, but it probably yeah. is gonna be beneficial long term. And Thwaifo can still be on a good team elsewhere. Make a team with drone. Get those two together. <laughs> Get Thwaifo, drone, and poise on a team. That's that's kind of nasty. Anyone? I mean, who knows? Listen, if any, I don't know if anyone is listening to this with millions of dollars. With Shroud as well. Shroud said he's looking for a VC. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There there we go. And Dicey. Just add Dicey too. Fuck oh, it. Oh, like, shit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll have a trialing <laughs> process because I'd like to see where AZK's at. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think Zekin is literally. He solves a lot of problems for me with Xset, and I'm really sad to see Thwaifo go because that was one of the main reasons why I really was cheering, cheering Xset on, but um, Zekin seems to me like somebody who has star power, he's going to build a brand because he's just, if he gets looks on like the main stage broadcast type of stuff, he's going to become an asana for this team. Like, straight up, he's going to be that that type of guy who everybody's going to be like, holy shit, and they're going to root for Xset now, which I thought was such a massive problem. Like, yeah, we're rooting for we did, we're rooting for Thwaifo, but nobody's really, like, outside of their personalities and just, like, their history and whatnot, nobody's going there to, like, watch the gameplay, even though they're fantastic players. Mm. For a second, it's going to be like, yeah. You think like, they're going to bring the star the power, the flashiness that people need to represent? Yeah. yeah. yeah that's you a are good that point. guy, pal. You are <laughs> that guy. Also, just Amen. just just laughing to myself earlier at you saying the thing about the flanks being a hundred percent. Just go for flanks. There's value there. I'm just laughing to myself, thinking like, dude, I'm never playing ranked with Josh again. <laughs> I'm never. Bala told me. Bala told me he gave no source and no specific numbers, but he said go for flanks all the time. They're always valuable. Yep, that's what I'm gonna do. Um, actually, I want to continue talking about Breeze, though, with our next team, which is Genji. Oh, Genji in the Ambox game. So good, man. Genji gave uh, me flashes of when they first started playing they, Icebox, too, when they mm. just understood the value of working these weird areas of the map. Yeah. Do you remember when Icebox first came out and they were yeah. one of the first teams to really explore Tube and Mid and create problems for other teams? And the, the meta at the time in North America was just, 
we go A, we go B. And mm-hmm. you just beat the war drums mm-hmm. and power your way in, assemble the musket line. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, this Fire off the Vuvuzela. Yeah. GMD played Brimstone on Breeze and yeah. got really big value out of oh, it. Oh, his lurks Huge. were immense. And I liked He played Lurking Brimstone and, I, and he was great at well, it. What was great That's about That's what the, I'm saying! Yeah, what, fucking lurk! What was, what was great about it, though, was... Uh, the way he was able to work Halls by just putting down the one smoke at the end of it because it would just last. Halls is, it's long, it's narrow. When you're walking through it, you feel like you're in danger the whole time because you kind of are. Yeah. And having the deep smoke in the hall that lasts a long yeah. time because you're playing Brimstone, it gives you a lot of time to actually work through Halls, be a nuisance there. I, I was really curious as to what was going to be happening with Genji because I, I knew the behind the scenes... They're, they run all types of comps on every map. Their players are playing tons of different agents. I mean, you saw in that series alone, like GMD played Brim, Omen, and Rays. Three different players played Viper on yeah. each map. Kusta I mean, was playing Jet. was playing Yeah, they're like, trying really a different. ton of shit. And that can either be very cool and work, or it can go wrong because you're yeah. asking a lot of your players. It's like when beginning you're doing of that. the year TSM. Yeah, I mean, we were we were saying, oh, it's cool they're running so many comps, and then they just spiral downwards. Yeah, I mean, and, and a lot of it I know comes from the coach MC, and he's asking a lot of his players in in doing this, right? I mean, they have to do a lot playing this many roles, being able to su- succeed on all of them, and they did. I mean, I thought this breeze attack was played beautifully. It was, yeah, on all of the maps on attack. Their, their manipulation of the defense rotations were just excellent. I mean, well, really mostly the first two. On the third one on split, they kind of, I don't know, it, it was giving me some like a new turn kind of energy on split where they were just doing these fast hits with GMD double satcheling in, the jet dashing in. Um, and then on, on the previous two maps, on, on Breeze and Icebox on attack, their, their manipulation of the defense rotations and then the value they were getting off lurks was so good. And then also, by the way, GMD, the fucking range. I mean, he's he's, he's, he's lurking on the first two maps, just cracking open these rounds by, uh, you know, they would pressure towards B early on Breeze. Then they'd start slowly rotating back to A, and then GMD would be ready all the way up mid to catch rotates while they're hitting into A. I mean, and then on the third map, he's playing Ray's double satchel entrying and just feasting. Like, yeah. I mean, he just had a cra- he had a crazy series. I thought their attack halves were excellent. The fact that they're making this work with all these different comps is sick. I I am very excited to see more of Genji right now. They did utterly shit the bed on their icebox defense. Yeah, I mean that was where it felt that was the that was the part of the series that was not good. It but. felt a bit like the the Cloud Nine Rise game earlier, where you know the, a team shows you a lot of good stuff on one half, and then they just beef the other half and lose the map. That's what it felt like watching uh, Genji on, uh, on on their Icebox game. But I also was not very impressed with Anbox. Like, I think that this team was getting a lot of hype, and I didn't see almost any of it. I felt like, I mean, maybe the the only half that I could really point to was the Anbox attacking half on, on Icebox, and I don't even think that that was them playing particularly great. I think it was Genji whiffing and mispositioning and misplaying their comp a lot. I think that they really didn't understand how to play the defense, and Anbox were almost gifted that half if they just played a regular, decent game. The rest of the time, big underperformance compared to expectations for me for Anbox. I thought this team might be really doing something. Yeah, I feel like... I'm 
reticent to start going on the Jinji hype train, though. It's happened before. But this current roster iteration and the way they were playing, in particular the range, like you talked about, they seem so, their, their agent pool seems great right now for this team. The agent pool seems really, really good. They seem like they're able to bring out like a lot of different looks on different maps, whether it be from like the lurking or like a very more, a much more aggressive style, like we saw when GMD went over to the Rays. So, and I like that they're integrating Kusta more and more from like just playing, like having nature now allows Kusta to kind of do a lot more as well. Um, so I'm really interested in watching this team moving forward because maybe they've fixed some of the issues where they just didn't seem dynamic enough and having a better agent pool and also being able to have different looks because of that could be the exact solution they need. But I'm still afraid to go too deep on the Jinji hype train just yet and be burned once more because it's the cycle of Jinji. Early tournament cycle, Jinji pulls out something crazy. We're like, okay, yeah. And then just like, so yeah. they did make third in uh, Masters 1, right? True. Yeah, yeah that is true. That, that was yeah. their biggest so, But I think this roster but... is going to be really good for them, though. I think this having the amount of flexibility that they have now is probably the thing they needed the most was just the ability to have a lot of different looks and not be stuck in like a weird agent situation. I, I didn't get to watch this game, so I don't really have any comments. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> I was, I was, I was waiting, for watch. the, yeah. waiting for the thoughts. And this, um, yeah, I mean, it is, it is really interesting though. What they're doing with the roster, what they're doing with the players. Like it's, it's a cool team to watch. Um, yeah, I, I don't really have too much more to say on Ambox because I want to see them play again the next time around because it still is quite a, a developing roster with the addition of Stani, but I was kind of hoping for an elevation. The other team that we're talking about here is Envy. Envy played against T1, and so we'll talk about Envy a bit and then the other mm. side of the coin too. Mm. Um, Envy... T1. Uh, yeah, well, hold your, hold, your, hold your horses here. Okay. Envy finish out the series with a 13-0 drubbing on Haven. Yeah. So, you know, the... the narrative from their point of view i think is that they warmed up as the as the match went on envy are absolutely expected to take that game um the when you're watching that series does envy look like they have the potential to be able to you know make it super deep and and are they the are they the old envy that inspires that level of confidence in you all i uh i i mean yeah i mean i think they're I've, I think their expectations should be in line with kind of what they've always been with Envy. Like, they are a top four team. They're going to make top four finishes. They look that good. I appreciate that uh, they... I, I do like the switch with... Um, I like seeing Mummy on the jet. That was one of the things I was looking forward to. Mm -hmm. um, I, and I think he's one of those players, at least at the moment, where it feels like the, the, consist the consistency isn't always there, but his highs are ridiculous. Um, sure. like he, he has a knack, he's one of the, the jet op or just offers period that like he has a knack for hitting the really hard to hit shots with a pretty ridiculous level of consistency for how hard the shots are to hit. But then he'll also on, on the other side of that, like he'll, he'll have games where there's a lot of, I guess, like easier shots or he'll, he'll the Draken effect. I don't know what that means, but sure. No, okay, but sure. <laughs> Could only hit the hard shots. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, but, but he, I think, okay, yeah, sure. I do think he has that to some extent. Um, but if, if he has his uh, level of consistency pretty high, I think that would be huge for them. But I, I, like, I like this Envy roster right now. I think Victor was looking way better on Rays than he had in, in the past, especially on this bind map. Um, yeah, because that had been a struggle point for them previously. His yeah. hero pool had been... Uh, or agent pool, sorry, had essentially just been like he will pop off if he's on Phoenix. 
Right. And then outside of that, it's you're getting a bit more of a mediocre performance. But uh, yeah, I liked his look on the Rays. I think Marv was looking good on on the team. I think he slotted in nicely. I mean, I think even despite yep. losing the first map, he was even looking good on that one. He was the catalyst of the round wins just from finding value on the lurk. Um, it, it seems to be after watching it, a roster move that does make sense. It, it does fit in. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think Envy are looking to be pretty much where they've always been. They can make a top four run. They look like they're going to be a contender to get one of the three slots uh, to, to make it to Berlin. And I think one anything, of the three? Yeah, there's three for NA. Is there? Yeah. Oh, right. And I think anything yeah. less, I think if they are anything less than like, yeah, I think top four, top five, that would be a pretty disappointing finish for them. Are you, are you on board I, with the same kind of thing, Avast and uh, Bala? Bala, you I, go first. I am willing to cautiously admit that my take on Marv joining this team was was wrong. So far, based off what of was your take? Sorry, can you remind us? My my take was that he was gonna he was not gonna fit in this team because he is somebody who tries to do too much right. and just like I think they're all friends and I think they wanted to like that. I basically thought that they were too buddy buddy with Marv and they were just trying to slot him in because of friendship and right. not because he is a good piece in the team. Um, but I feel like he did two things. Number one, he was actually playing, like he could play that supportive role without feeling like he needed to do too much, which enabled him to make good plays when he needed to. Um, and number two, it unlocks Mame, which is what we already knew was going to happen. But Mame is able to flex not only to Jet to bring out, you know, the crazy opping that he we know he can have, but to other roles as well. And before it was like, who was it? It was Caboose going to stage that felt kind of lackluster. Mame feels like somebody who definitely will fit in these roles and explode on them in a way that they didn't have before. So they could play wider compositionally. Right. So their role, these two things their role in my mind. Problem affixed to some degree. Yeah. Which yeah. I've, mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, I'm a, I'm a broken record with that on Yeah. I mean, but it really I feel like was. I've been saying that since they first signed Food and Crashes. But yeah, it just know, didn't really it make is sense. Finally, yeah, it does finally make sense. And also, it, it alleviates other small issues too, where like, if they are playing in scrims and they're like, okay, shit, should we have Victor trying to play Omen on this map? Let's try him with Sage on bind. It does clear up things like that where he can just have more valuable practice time playing the other duelists sure. um, yep. and just hone his skills on that, which is perhaps what we saw here as to why uh, his raise looked so much more explosive than it had in the past. Yeah, and I mean, bind is a, a pretty close game between the two teams as well. Haven, they 13-0 destroy them, but to me that felt like I mean, Envy looked great, don't get me wrong. I feel like T1 had, maybe with this new roster, just not really understood how they wanted to play Haven at all because they just looked like they, they were just floundering utterly in that game. You have to flounder in order to get 13-0 as well, I suppose, so it's not the greatest analysis in the world. But map one, my T1. Yeah. Holy. <laughs> I mean, Envy <laughs> had no answer for what T1 were doing in mid. And I was talking, I was doing a VOD review of that yesterday as well. And I was really struggling to come up with an answer too, even with the benefit of, you know, pausing the VOD and looking at it all and seeing everyone on the map. And I'm like thinking at it from an analyst point of view, it's way easier to do our job than it is to do the players because we see every everything, we have perfect information and we can, you know, take time to ponder it. We don't have to think about cross-air placement and playing the game itself. It's like an infinite timeout if you want it to be. And even I'm when I'm looking at it, I'm like, 
That's a fucking challenge. <laughs> like that. What do you do against that? Maybe you try and like contact a mid to avoid getting caught by the Astra Star. If we can take a look at some of these rounds where uh, Envy was playing against T1 on, on split mid, they had a really great understanding of how to combo the Astra, the Rays, the Viper, and then Killjoy locking down one of the sites. That almost completely stumped Envy. I, I loved it. This was, I mean, I don't want yeah. to inflate your ego too much, but this is, this is like a good look for T1. This really feels like they have identified and done a good job of solving the problems that were afflicting them previously in terms of their, their style. I, I completely agree. And, and I mean, we just saw them on screen there playing the Rays, but I think Automatic's improvement has also been the catalyst for a lot more um, mid or, or early round proactive play from T1. Like there were, on some of the rounds, he, he uh, you know, like they, they would have info that Envy were working up a ramp and then Automatic and Curry would just try to work those players. Curry would send in the flash. Automatic would pressure from lower. The nade would come in. He'd swing aggressively. I mean, they were playing proactively off utility in early and mid rounds to get kills, which yeah. is just, they were it was also great to see. Of, Automatic looks so much more comfortable now. Yeah, it's almost as well like Automatic is playing, this might sound a little silly, but like a supportive raise where they're feeding him the kills with the utility. It's not like the kills come to automatic a lot of the time when he's holding mid in that defensive situation as well, where there's so much utility pressure on Envy that they're always disadvantaged when they're fighting automatic by the end of it. And it felt like he was comfortable, like he didn't have to extend himself. They had a team system that just worked and delivered him an advantage in the gun duels he was taking like that's a really good functioning system you could see that they were they were so much faster at helping each other in a lot of these spots as well if they felt they had a, a player caught they would just pounce on him with like two three guys i mean it was just this was the best map we've seen from t1 in i don't know how long a long long time man um I so, was really glad to, to see it. The other thing as well is that people were... Sorry, go on, Bala. I'll, I'll get to this afterwards. They were doing... They were starting to improve on split specifically before this. I think they were playing Astro Omen in that, and everybody was like, what the hell is going on? This is so weird. Uh, but I think that this game showed kind of how that... Uh, the ideas that they had with that can be implemented even with the, this comp specifically and why it was good for them. One concern, though, that I have is that they are so, like, they only bring a big improvement to one map at a time. At first, it was Icebox all the way back. This is with yeah, different yeah. rosters. It was yeah. Days and whatnot. But it was Icebox. They brought Viper out. And it was, like, one of the few NA teams that were playing it. They boomed 100 Thieves. They got shit on by Sentinels anyways because it's Sentinels. Um, but then in the last stage, it started to become split. And it seems to me that it might still continue to be split and there won't be anything else, which is what scares me. Well, I think it, as, long as, as long as teams don't ban Icebox against them, which, okay, maybe teams will, but if they can get teams that like playing Icebox, then their map pool, it's not atrocious. You know, you've still got Icebox there, you've got Split, and they can play a competent bind. Their bind didn't look, it didn't look bad. They, they played a close game against Envy. It wasn't atrocious. Their Haven, mm -hmm. not good, and they banned Breeze. So they probably haven't done that same development on Breeze. But that's, what is that? That's, oh, well, I suppose we didn't get to Ascent either, so I have no idea whether they're any good on Ascent. But that's, that's three my, out of six of the pool that they look good at. They're, they're getting my, my point isn't the pool, though. My point is that they're, they're so slow to improve that their other maps suffer because of it, I guess. Okay. It's like they're not, 
they're not doing anything on these other maps that because they're working so hard on this or something like that because to me it always looks like oh well their bind is the same as always i mean curry is um curry is i didn't i didn't super super watch um this game i was watching kind of on my second monitor but like don was playing viper and he was doing the same type of stuff that curry was doing before and just didn't look like they changed much except i guess they did add sky i didn't really see that much on that on that game but still like it's those types of things that make me scared for whether t1 will actually improve enough to become you know to answer these questions of hey are they going to finally be good again i will say they they did look really drilled on bind like their executes the these bursts that they mm -hmm. were running had a lot of like well-placed utility to set themselves up really well and you could tell that they were they were like running it like everyone knew where they were pathing as they hit the site it wasn't like they were yeah. scrambling improvising on the fly so i think they've got some maps at least that they look good at like they it at least looks like they've been able to keep buying fresh whilst working on split and working on icebox so i think this will be helped and be part of that direction as like as days leaves and the new direction for the team under curry and um under curry and david denis has been more successful yeah. i also thought dawn looked really good like the viper setups on split especially were really really good i haven't really seen anyone use the smoke in the same way as like the cyber cages mm -hmm. to to get into the a site which i thought was really impressive i almost i don't know it makes me makes me wonder whether they're just going to want to stick with dawn for the future too if they end up having more success in the next qualifier so. yeah Maybe. I could see that. I mean, I feel like it's also when you see in particular their split play um, and sort of how they've evolved on these maps, like you should have some hope that traditionally, yes, T1 is really, really slow with bringing up their map pool, I think, uh, up to speed for everything. But if you understand the fundamentals of like, here's how we're setting up our hold here, right? And here's how our utility is going to interact. As soon as you understand those fundamentals of like what your comps that you're generally revolving around playing for each map and you know how you want to combo your things, it should be a bit faster to apply those fundamentals to all the other maps, right? Like, okay, here's a really strong area where we can combo this, this, and this, and like peak aggressively, or like we can swing off of like, we can swing off the fact that this piece of utility got like got a, a you know, maybe our sky hit a flash and like automatically swing and like we're always going to throw nade, right? So there's a lot of options that as soon as you understand these combos and where they're effective, T1 should be able to apply these same principles to other maps. So considering how well, how good they looked on split, I would hope they would also take some of those like lessons and apply them to the other maps and like ascent once we see that and things like that. So I feel a little bit optimistic when you see how well they were using their utility and playing off it on, you know, split in particular, and then also bind in a way um, that they should be better moving forward. Yeah. I think some of these guys, I think this was a nice little, despite getting rocked on the third map, and I also think that Envy were just hopping the fuck off on the third map. Haven is, I mean, aside from Sen, Envy are the team that just always, they can just wreck you on that map. I mean, that is a map where Mummy is pretty consistently insane. Victor is going to play Phoenix, and he's just going to run into your face. I mean, mm -hmm. so that, that, yeah. that, that aside, I do feel like there is some confidence to be gained here as well from T1. Specifically, I think for Brax, I mean, he was nasty. He had probably his best map in yeah, not God playing, knows how long. Not playing Duelist, by the way. And we, and we thought he might be on Duelist because yeah, people were talking up his jet. He wasn't. He was playing Killjoy and then Sova. Yeah, and, and Automatic just yeah. turning up. So, I, yeah, excited to see T1 in the next. Well, moving on from that, Sentinels lost their first map in month. What is months at this point? It's their first map since they last played 
in what was it like the first of May? Oh, it was final? their final, yeah, final domestic game where they ended up dropping a map. They didn't drop a map throughout the entirety of Reykjavik. They come in, they two 0 EG, and then instantly, as soon as they get back to domestic play, where they don't do a ton of scouting and they're playing on LAN, etc. They drop a map again, this time to Sonics on Icebox. Now, they shit on them the next two maps. It was like 13-5, 13-5. Uh, yeah, but they, on Icebox, they kind of got boomed themselves. Like, this was... They didn't feel like they were in this game. Sonics were clearly outplaying them from the rip. So, talk to me about this one. Balor, I can see you're nodding away. The, tell me about tell me about Sonics. Why why could Europe not get a single map of Sentinels, but Australia can? Is Australia the second best region? Confirmed. <laughs> Confirmed. Yeah, might as well give them another slot. Why not? Um, <laughs> they were bringing so much new shit at Sentinels that you could see Sentinels literally do what they do best, which is adapt. But there's just so much of it that it's hard to to actually do. Um, on this map, the map that they lost, I don't know how many times, I feel like Tens was maybe having an off day or something like that, but it felt like every single round, Sonics was getting the first kill. Like, every yeah. single round. And when Sentinels did win the round, it was always mind-blowing to me because it was like, uh, it was three versus five or, or something like that right off the rip. Um, but, I mean, uh, they went up, what, 6-0? Six 6-0 zero? Six zero mm -hmm. on yeah, this? Six and then they end the half with some, with some crazy-ass fucking, like, we're going to push CT spawn plants with the sage wall, yeah, yeah, like yeah, some yeah. really, like really cool lot. geeky stuff with the Viper yeah. wall deep, like horizontally instead of like diagonally cutting up the site so that they can peek off of it. It was, it was just really cool. And I, it was, this series was one of the funnest series to watch in general, just because of how you could literally see the old adage that everybody puts about Sentinels. Like, Oh, they're, they're the guys who, who can adapt to everything. Like, it doesn't matter what you throw at them because it was happening in, in front of you. It wasn't like this secret shit that was going on that only Shazam knows in his brain, like, oh, we're, we're, we're counter-stratting this. No, it was like literally, wow, that was the first time I've ever seen that. It's probably the first time Sentinels has ever seen that too, and here's how they respond. Yeah, yeah. They were uh, doing it on Bind and Haven too, but it just, at that point, it was just well, like Sentinels was on full steam. I feel like you kind of mischaracterized, I was I was ready to pounce when you were like, well, they got rolled on the next two maps. They didn't really get rolled on bind. That mm. score line is very... The 13-5 on bind is really deceiving. They lost three clutches in the first half. Right. So I think that that certainly looks more one-sided than the game actually was. It was really only on the second half when Sen were on defense that they were just stringing rounds together towards the end of the game. I, I must say, I only yep. watched Icebox, so I was just characterizing oh, okay. that off the scoreline. Yep. I, I didn't get a you're chance the to exact, see it. Yep, you're yeah. the exact person I'm trying to <laughs> let know that that game was Appreciate much it. closer than the score. That was also Tens Yoru, right? Yes. Okay. But yes. yeah, I mean, man, that, that fucking Icebox game from Sonics was beautiful. I mean, yeah, just yeah. the number of different executes they had on attack, on defense, their retakes were just... They were yeah, fast. They were, they were really trading good. for each other so effectively. They were all in. They were just swarming Sen when they would get onto the A site. It was an excellent game from them. And, I mean, Sonics have a... a I think Sonics are going to be really dangerous in this next qualifier. They're another one of those teams, though, that they've just been playing every single tournament. They've been grinding crazy hard. Yes. They really want it. Their confidence looks way higher than when we... I mean, obviously, they, yes. you know when we first saw them but that should be the I, case i mean i thought they played really well even when we first saw them like the first 13 10 that they lost to sentinels on icebox 
they were coming at them, you know? They were, like, giving yeah. it to, but, to Sentinels. But they just now never it's, quite translated it on. They have a way different comfort level now, yeah. it looks like. And that should be the case. I mean, they, they earned that comfort level by putting in the work over the past couple of months, playing every tournament, playing fucking all day long. Yeah. I mean, these guys have been going hard. Um, I mean, if we want to talk about the bind, send, Well, I just... Tens, I have another, uh, sure. another question just about this map sure. as well. Because when I was watching... It also got me thinking that Sentinels did make a change from Reykjavik, a literal compositional yes. swap between Dapper and Sick. Mm -hmm. They went back to what was not working for them previously that much, which was with Dapper playing onto the Sova. And Dapper didn't have an atrocious game, but there were certainly some scenarios where, like the round that we showed earlier, the fourth round where Tens gets caught up on pipes, that's normally a situation, I feel, where he has someone behind him like Shaz or like Sick, who are covering for his escape. And in that scenario, he's just on pipes and he gets overwhelmed and he tries to run away and he just gets caught. And there's nobody else from Sentinels who's there because Dapper's in the back of sight droning for him. I, what Were there other moments that caught your eye like that where you feel that that could have been a bit of a difference maker as well? Like a, a, a tiny window that opened the opened an opportunity for Sonics to take advantage of it. I'm not trying to take away from Sonics, but I'm saying, was this still Sentinels playing at, like, Reykjavik level, I guess? There were tiny, tiny glimpses of, like, Dapper playing, like, Dapper Omega Lollies playing Sova. Like, the round where uh, there's the Viper's Pit on A, and, like, he misses the dart that lands, sure, like, yeah. right in front of where... But it, w it wasn't... It wasn't game-breaking differences in my mind. Um, and for Icebox, I don't know if the answer to your question is like, oh, they're, they're Reykjavik level, but I think on the other two maps, I feel like they were. Yep, uh -huh. that's what I was about right. to say. The other two maps, they were still, Sentinels are still in Sentinels mode. Yeah. They haven't skipped a beat. Okay. Like, yeah, the next two maps, they were still playing insane. Um, Bind, yeah, again, deceptive scoreline. They were running the Yoru with Tens for the first time. Evidently, he's good? been trying that in practice. I liked it. I mean, I think people, yes. uh, maybe there's like a default. I think people... Yoru, I don't know. Omega Lol. Yeah, it's still just People Yoru. People meme Omega it because it's Yoru. But if there's any map to play Yoru, yeah. it's definitely Bind because, first of all, it's the only map where the footsteps have any level of relevancy. Yes. I think. Yeah. Um, <laughs> given the TPs, and, and the right. prevalence of rays too. Like it literally has right. both of those aspects yes. where yes. the CP, where the footsteps can genuinely be useful. So this is the only map where that ability finds any value, um, and also, uh, yeah, just at least in the case of Sen. I thought that on defense, they were playing with the Yoru pretty well. You know, you just, you set the TP somewhere back in spawn. Tens would go for an aggressive play off the drone or something, pushing down B long, go for a kill, TP out. I mean, they were playing it in an aggressive, cool way. And I think that's where Yoru finds most of the value. On attack, it's still, it's kind of up in the air. Like, he would, you know, try to use the dimensional drift to get all the info on the B site, take some space try and pressure behind and then TP out. Um, and it's fine. It's not bad, but Yoru's value in my eyes is definitely just on defense. And I think Sen were doing a great job with it on defense. Do you feel like it's better than him playing the Reina? Because that's what he would have been playing there. So that's a nasty clutch by Dapper, by the way. That's absolutely Yeah, that's what nasty. I'm talking about. I mean, yeah. Is, but, yeah, that's why the game looked one-sided, <laughs> yeah, by enough. the way. But the... The, the previous comp they were running was the Ray's Rainer setup. And Tens was able to find, find crazy value, like being able to entry for them. Not necessarily getting that much value out of Rainer the kit, 
but just being super smart in terms of where he was positioning himself and how he was playing off everybody. Yeah. Uh, that I that was my that, impression of it. I, I think that it could be better than Narena. Just there was there was glimpses that always they always failed these moments. It was like two v ones or, or just like team play moments between tens and somebody else where you could just see like having an extra flash that isn't shootable that you have to turn from just gives you the ability to, to, to like double peek something together. It just failed every time with tens that that day for some reason. Any other flasher, it probably would have worked. Um, he just was like slightly too fast on the peaks or slightly too fast on the timing. And it just failed because of that. Maybe just getting used to but, it. Like, is yeah, that, maybe just getting used say? to it. Yeah. Um, the double orb control, the fast rotates on CT, the ability to actually add something extra to the executes outside of just one rain of flash, in my mind, are, are really, really critical. And it allows him to cheat much, much more. Like, lurk a cheat? little bit, go a little bit more. Yeah, like, he was peeking out of bathroom and dying because of it. But with Reyna, like... He can't do that because he has to be walking back to the other side of the site or other side of the map ah, where he's going to be joining the execute. So he could do that stuff, peek out of bathroom, and then be ready to to do the B execute. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, I legitimately didn't mind the Yoru either. Actually, like I, I felt like it's also interesting as like a long term prospect for Sentinels because it gives the opportunity to start seeing Tins potentially expand uh, his role a tad. Um, and how he slots into the team with this Yoru experiment. And if they can find a way to like maximize the value of tins and also like integrate some very unorthodox strategies with them where he can still pop off, like with Yoru, where he can get like very aggressive peaks and still be in time with a rotate to be part of an execute or be part of like a site hold, it, it would be really, really cool. I think. I, I legitimately think that the Yoru uh, experiment on bind is not actually a terrible experiment and could hold a lot of value for them, not just within that map, but within like the long-term slotting of tins and just sentinels overall like strategy i think everyone is going to assume that sentinels are the massive favorites to be able to make it to yeah. berlin in the number one slot but let's take a look at the rest of the bracket as well we want to do some na main event predictions um the the european games are already going on right now as well but north america i mean those are yeah those are the is that the main event that's happening today those are the main event. yes yep. main yeah. event yep but north america doesn't start for another couple of days so we can do some proper predictions <laughs> Um, so here we go then taking a look through the bracket we won't yeah. do the entire way through but we'll at least do maybe the upper or something and maybe talk about some big matchups that could happen in the lower first of all version 1 100 thieves version 1 I've clearly been going deeper in recent times do we expect this trend to continue yep yeah mm -hmm. I mean even they, they have a sub in thief but it's still I mean he's just slotting into the duelist rules that Dulcis would be playing with the Reign of Phoenix, and at the end of the day, Thief has crazy aim, and okay. if he just clicks on people's heads, they're fine. Like, it's, it's really not that How big crazy. of an upset would this be if 100 Thieves wins? Because I think a lot of people I would be expecting would be, this to be a banger of a I match. Think, I don't think it's going to be a banger no. of a match, but I think the community perspective would be 100 Thieves, big name, good players. They've made it deep in tournaments before. Version 1 just made it to Reykjavik. This should be a fantastic game. What's your percentage chance that it like is a good game, or that Hundred Thieves get the win and and the the Hundred Thieves fans are mega happy here? I mean, honestly, I think if Hundred Thieves, if this is even if this is a three map series and Hundred Thieves keep it close but lose, I think even that would I would be surprised at that even being the case. Really, honestly, yeah. Yeah. I think this should just end in two. Um, 
That's what it looks yeah, like. Hundred thieves him. look pretty. They look just as uninspiring compared to what a lot of the teams have evolved, especially the teams that have made it now out of this open qual. They just just seem slow, and they seem like that old lion. You know, it's that old, <laughs> the lion. old lion. That's the team. Yep. So the I, I think version one should his are pretty handily <laughs> favorites. This. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's move on then. Envy pioneers. Is there a hope in hell? No. I would say no. I, I, Envy are looking good. They don't look like they don't look like an upsettable Envy right now, um, though that oft becomes the case deep in the tournaments. But early on, they never really falter against the the upcoming teams. Okay, they usually just swat them away. Yeah. Um, so I think this should be a clean Envy win. I, I don't see Envy not making it to to through this qualifier and especially through this match like they're so good in these qualifiers so good in these qualifiers always 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 and they looked even decent against t1 so i don't expect this to go any other way except for 2-0 all right well two relatively decisive games then yeah. now on to one i think is going to be a low-key banger except rise i think that's going to be a popping game personally okay i I was very impressed with Ryze coming out of the Cloud9 game. I thought that they played a really good game. And I think that Xset, though they are normally pretty uh, resistant against being upset, are still, even though I was impressed and they look like they have a lot of potential, they don't look like the finished product yet. There was still, they were still struggling with some of the burst execs that Dark Zero were doing on them. Uh, they hadn't set up their kind of, their like default positioning of utility at the beginning of the round. Doesn't look like it's been completely fleshed out for them. Like some of like Death's Astra utility and the Killjoy utility was not coordinated in terms of how they'd stacked it up, so it was leading to issues for them. I think that if if Xset fumble a little bit here, there is still op an opportunity for Rise to be able to make this a, a damn good game, and what a run that would be to be able to upset C9 and then Xset. Uh, is anyone else buying the Rise stocks in this game? I, I'm not saying I would predict them, but I think yeah. it's going to be good. I, I think that's all very I think that's very reasonable. I I would still go with Xset. I still think it, it I think it should be a close a pretty close game. Could certainly be a two one. Um, could certainly be like a two one that goes the distance on multiple maps. But I, I would give the edge still to to Xset, despite them being a newer roster. I have more faith in the consistency of a lot of players on that team versus Rise. Um, where I mean it is. I mean, we were kind of joking about like Superman playing like he was on Homeless in Pax Arena, but genuinely, that's he's yeah. had like two nasty tours. Like, you don't expect I, I need that to every see, time. I mean, he hasn't proven to me that I should expect that every time. Yeah. So, and that's that's kind of my thing. And then who else am I? And it's not that these guys on Rise are bad by any means, but am I relying on Shanks' consistency? Whose consistency am I relying on here? Derek. I mean, Derek from Overwatch. Derek from Overwatch. Derek sure. but, from but Overwatch. I guess I think that's kind of the thing holding me back from selling myself on on the rise upset. Um, like I believe in the consistent level of guys like BCJ and Pure and Zekin more than Rise at the moment. Sure. I also don't think that Def is going to fall into the same pitfall that C9 did, where they just get abused by the Astra utility and Killjoy utility, locking down chokes and just walking into that. I mean, I suspect that Xset will be running, they'll be playing more successful attack halves than that. I, I don't think they're just yeah. going to get beasted by Superman locking down the site on it's his quite, own. Quite an interesting um, 
thought experiment though because that has been something that exit have struggled with in the past so you know if if they were to repeat the problems of the past with those attacking halves then you could see a similar situation but you're you're saying that you expect Maybe, it to be but even then different with death if they did the same thing they did back then they never ran fast hits no they would stand outside of a site and wait there for like a minute and a half um, the hundred thieves strike and and if they <laughs> and if they do that um, even right then, book. <laughs> they, they might have a better chance of just drawing out some utility before the actual site sure. comes in, you know? All right. Um, so I'm going to go with exit. So what about you two? I'm feeling exit uh, myself. That's why I'm just going exit. I don't think rise. I think rise got really lucky. Not lucky. I think they just matched up well versus C9 <laughs> in that C9 hadn't, um, they're not flushed out enough currently to deal with the way that rise was playing and their style was very much just like pop hit and exit i feel confident enough with the def change and their overall experience that like this team will know how to deal with like if rise are going to play slow sight holds give up a lot of mid control type of situations i feel like exit will be okay with working the map more i think that exit should win but here's here's the thing i think that this relies on what happens with the six map pool because in my mind rise is going to be real rise is going to win split no matter what uh, if if that map comes through, and I think that if somehow, some way, I know Exa hasn't really been playing Icebox, um, but if it goes to Breeze or Icebox somehow, then they could really. I, I think we're gonna see the Shanks versus Pure show, and it's gonna be op v op, and it's gonna be fu it's gonna be so lit um, to watch. But Exet will come through, and I feel like we're also in the midst of a transformative thing for Exet where they're going to be expanding their strats on all sorts of different maps um and we're, we'll see that in this event and because of that i think we might not necessarily see exactly the the types of things the the same pitfalls from exit that we were before this will be new and it should go to exit okay well sentinels genji is anyone i mean i know that you were very impressed with genji yeah. i know you're a big Here's, genji simp yep I've been any any hope in this game against the best team in the world? I've been trying to tell you about GMD for a year. Yeah, um, <laughs> what can GMD do against the might of Here's Sentinels? The thing. There is this has always been an interesting matchup in NA. I mean, if you want to go all the way back to the the dawn of Valorant, Genji were one of the teams that Sentinels would struggle with, even if Genji were lower ranked than like TSM or mm. some of that. So there is an interesting matchup, I think, in that regard. Um, also participants in the infamous white claw fiasco. <laughs> um, True, but yeah. but I I think from watching Sentinels against Sonics, Sentinels are just still in God mode. On that last Haven map, I mean, you saw that one Judge round where Tens just just kills three people with the Judge. The next round, he just runs into the the Sonics attacker spawn with daggers and kills four people. Mm. I mean, they're still just in God mode, and I think that's going to be too much for Gen G. But I think this match is going to be a banger. I think Gen okay. G are going to keep it close, but I think I think this would be an upset if. If we have, if we were seeing like Sentinels pre Iceland, yeah, I think Gen G in their current form would get the upset win. But right now, I don't think it's going to happen. Okay. Now that being said, I do still think they have a they have a chance. They absolutely have a chance, mm. and I think this is going to be a close banger of a game. You just can't call it against the best but team I in the world. I just can't say <laughs> it when after when you yeah. watch what Sentinels did to Sonics on those. 
the on Bind and Haven, and also just what Sonic's had to do to beat them on Icebox. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I just I can't see it right now. Okay. Well, so if if we make the assumption that Sentinels will run into the upper final, which I think is a very fair assumption, mm-hmm. um, I want to look at the other upper semifinal that would happen on the other side. Avast, Envy Simp, Bala, Envy well, I don't Simp. Know about anymore. Oh, oh well, Envy Simp. Uh, yeah, former, former. Well, what is this? Perhaps. I mean, you were saying that you expected Envy to run through this qualifier. I'm assuming that both of you are back in Envy in the Envy versus version one game. But that I see, I see. But I think that's counter to how most people would expect that game to go because version one were the team that actually did end up making it deeper recently. Talk to me about this upper semi-final game of Ast. What are you thinking here if it does end I up being actually, Envy version 1? I, I mean, no joke. God damn. I hate that you labeled me the Envy Simp because I don't even want to be the Envy Simp. <laughs> like, but I legitimately do think this Marv... Well, like, this Marv swap has been really good for them here because it's fixed their rules. And on top of that, Marved is like a really good talent. And legitimately, I think it was like the inverse of what you were thinking, Bala. We're like, you thought like, oh, he's going to be a team of friends. So we're just going to like play however we want, right? But I think that's actually what was happening with FaZe. Where like Marv uh-huh. was just one of the one of the fucking sheesh boys on FaZe. And they were kind of just like, <laughs> yeah, I'm fucking Lambo swinging here. Yet again on Haven Sewers. And like, I think actually going to Envy has actually made that a little bit less crazy. Um and they're able to unlock the potential of Marv a little bit more and bring him more in line with how you want him to be playing on a non-sheesh boy team. And so, <laughs> ah, fuck. I hate going for it, but I actually do think Envy will win that match. I actually right. do think Envy's going to win that match because okay. I feel, I actually think right now they look really, really good. Would you still consider it an upset? I mean, how do you even define an upset between I would cons- I would like consider that? it. I, I would consider it a relatively, like, not like a, I would consider it like a minor surprise more so than upset. Like kind of like, you know, you open the door, someone's standing on the other side, like, oh, like, you know, it's just like a little jump. It's like a little jump or so because like version uh, okay. one should be favored by all metrics, <laughs> okay. I think. But Envy yeah. currently looks like, I just feel like they're on, they're on like one of those Envy moments where on the swing, they have a new, they have a new smoke player and they've unlocked the potential. They've unlocked the chakra gate leading towards, uh, Going to the finals. Gate. Oh, yeah. hello, Bala. Bala giving away who no. he's predicting. Oh, that's ridiculous. You told me that Envy were making it through this qualifier. It did say that, but that doesn't mean they're going to beat V1. Like, come <laughs> on now. That, that's not exactly what I said. Um, okay. I, I think Envy will have a, have a road, but not, not through V1. Um, right. V1. I, I don't care if they're using Thief or not. I hope, I honestly think that. The way that version one does very well in this tournament is just literally let like hype Thief up so hard that he has no fear, no he doesn't have to worry about anything. Like he's not gonna be playing the next qualifier anyway. So like just fucking do whatever, man. It's gonna be fine. And you'll have all the confidence in the world to just pop the frick off. Uh, but even if that doesn't happen, version one is good enough that they can they can go toe-to-toe to envy. I think it's gonna be a great series, but V1 just just feels so good in the last couple of weeks or months, I guess, since we've all seen them. Okay. Um, that, yeah. All right, fair enough. It, I, instead of going through the rest of the bracket, I want to... to uh, so, Sentinels, V1, we're expected to go deep. Envy's another team that I think people are fairly confident in. The f- there's four teams that make it out of this, right? Yes. I'm right in saying that? Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Who's the fourth? And, and if you disagree with the three that I've given, please tell me as well. But Wyatt, who's your fourth pick? Uh, Genji. Genji? I mean, Genji. Is it yeah, just easy for you? Just, yeah, they look nuts. Okay. I mean, yeah, it has to go. I'm... 100% going to. So, 
Do, do you disagree with any of the others as well? You feel like it would be a tough uh, well, one for anyone else? Well, I, I don't know how the bracket exactly plays out. That's the problem. Because I think if if uh, if Genji... Here's the thing, though. If Genji lose... Could he actually pull it back up, Kurt? Because it, it is relevant for the sake of this. If, like if the they meet if, if the Genji lose to Sentinels, they're going to face the loser of um, version Envy one, version 1 before qualifiers. So that... Before the top four. Right. So that is really relevant. Okay. Right. Uh, so that, that, that is the problem. So it might so. actually just be not possible for all three of those teams to make it, is what I'm getting at. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, I actually just think, yeah, it's just simply not possible then. No, I think right? I think it is. I think it... Oh, fucking brackets are a No, I'm pretty man. sure it just simply isn't possible. Well, then... Pick them. It's you could do it like wait. You could do a pick them on VLR. Website. Yeah, we you, there are pick yeah, yeah. now actually, Kurt. Which wait, is great. I don't want to do the entire bracket, but just to, to figure that out. If you go you to pick them, pick them. Oh, I think we'd need an, yeah. an account. Want to register for an account right now? Oh, no, no, you could do it. Right. It's, you could. Yeah. No, it says. Ooh. That's oh. fine. They just added it recently, so you can just click on version one. I think. Yeah. There Ooh, you go. Ooh. Okay. Well, this let's build the bracket. Way better. Let's click Envy. Exit Sentinels. Yeah. Hello. Okay. I didn't realize they'd added this completely. Yeah, shout right. out Enigma. Just... All right. So let's let's just quickly go through it then. Let's let's say version one wins in the upper bracket. Yeah. Hundred thieves. Yeah. Sure. Click on that as well. Uh, Sentinels. Yep. And then we'll go hundred thieves and Gen G. Yeah. Because so that's this is what I'm saying. This is what happens. Yeah. Right. Now one of these teams can't make it, even though I think the hypothetical top four teams in this are. Sentinels Envy Genji version one. Right. One of them will not make it because of this game. Yeah. Which is pretty unfortunate for that team, and they're going to have to go through a nasty fucking stage is two qualifier. Is this or how Exet qualify again? Exet completing that trend of really always qualifying. Probably will then. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, except yeah, Exet probably will. That's the last four. Yeah, and then one of Envy Gen. Mm -hmm. I think Envy Genji and the Envy version one game are very difficult to call. I, d I don't honestly want to give a pride on either of those games. Or like, even if it was version one against Genji, like mm -hmm. I, I feel like I, I think version one of the odds-on favorites to be able to make it through. But that doesn't really mean that it's going to happen. There's still decent upset chances in all of those scenarios. Um, very interesting lower bracket that you get down there because yeah. the run for a hundred thieves or Exet would not be too bad despite the fact that yeah i don't feel as confident about those squads yeah, low key interesting though <laughs> you know all this is ongoing that, by the way uh fps just two o g two. really Dude, yeah i mean let's so let's move on from north america then because we've they're back we've we've <laughs> had back we've had the na teams are just also oh, also shao was playing jet <laughs> Dude, it, it's, okay. it's crazy. The whole of Europe is absolutely bonkers right now. But so we're not going to talk about how all, KCP are going to beat 100 Thieves in the lower bracket? You think KCP <laughs> are going to beat 100 Thieves? Wait a fucking second. If KCP play 100 Thieves in the lower bracket round one, I'm calling the upset. I... <laughs> You're uh, calling the upset um, for KCP. If they win, though. But, but they, no, but they will, right? KCP will end up playing against 100 Thieves because... Hypothetically, if they both lose, which is what we're predicting. Which is I very I'm likely. I'm going with KCP <laughs> for, the, for the upset in lower round one. Is that because you Man. feel like KCP are a team that's like going to start going on the rise, or is that an indictment of 100 Thieves? Both. A huh. little bit of both. Really? Okay, that's where I start disagreeing with you. I think it's just an indictment of 100 Thieves. That's you don't it. think KC? I I like what I was seeing from KCP in this in this tournament. Yeah, honestly, I just I've watched look them. at their roster, and I'm just like, yeah, you know. I would be I would personally be amazed 
that that happened because I feel like 100 I'm Thieves calling. is still good enough to be able to muscle it out against most of those I teams. So but too. that would be My, bonkers. If I just they went think out there. that conditions are so ripe for it. So yep. ripe. That's for why it. I'm they're already that. they're already unconfident after. Yep. The sore thing, the fucking whatever, yep. still continues to have internet issues. They're starting to struggle with, like, just literally not pushing into sites. And, and I, I just feel like... And it follows the trend is... of the Tier 2 grinders. They're, they're running the gauntlet okay. of the Tier 2 grinders. They had to... First, they had to get through sore. Oh, shit, it was so close. Then they have to get through Noble. Oh, fuck, they've been dominating Tier 2. And then, oh, God, we have to play against E-United, who've been, like, at the top of the Tier 2 tournaments. They're running the Tier 2 gauntlet. Okay. And it can only last for so long. I right. think that there's a real... I think there's a good shot... For an upset there. All right. Okay. okay. Yep. KCP haven't really beaten anybody notable either, though, on their run so far. They've beaten Immortals and Virtuoso. So it's not like they've... They, okay. I mean, they kind of whacked Virtuoso. Put respect on Virtuoso. Yeah. Fair Put enough. respect yeah, fair on enough. Virtuoso. All right. By well, the way, let's... how the fuck does Vanity wear these all day? Like, they, these, do they these hurt? are so uncomfortable. No, they're just uncomfortable. It's just like your headphones become, like, heavy for some reason on your head. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I just don't have I enough think Vandy has what a very you? muscular skull. Are they made out of lead? <laughs> What do you mean they become heavy? No, it just makes your headphones like, like you know when you're when you're you put your head on a pillow and your pillow like sinks in when the pillow's too soft. Yeah. That's like what happens with the headphones on your head. You have a soft. You skull. wouldn't understand because you have. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. maybe. <laughs> Anyhow, yeah, they okay. got enough calcium as a child. <laughs> I do love them though. I think they're very funny. Um, okay, moving on to Europe. There was some drama in the European scene, and everyone loves drama. So even if you're drama. not interested in, in Europe in general, you'll be interested in this shit. There was a Breeze exploit, um, a camera that was put behind a glitch texture, essentially. So it's Riot's fault. It's in the game, you might say, but the players know that they're not allowed to use certain exploits. There are certain exploits that are on a list. This one wasn't on the list. You can say that that's weird, that there's a list of known bugs that Riot still hasn't fixed, but okay, that's how the world works when you have a game like this. There's a list of bugs, you're not allowed to use those bugs. You're also not allowed to use certain other bugs that you know you're not allowed to use, like cameras that can't be destroyed, cameras that the other team can't see, that kind of shit. This was one of those. I believe you couldn't see the camera. You could destroy it if you shot at it, but you couldn't see it. Um, and this EU team, Giants, used it in their match against... I can't even remember the name of the other fucking team. It was like some tier 2, tier 3 team. D can anyone remember yeah. what the name was? Fred no. or something? Uh -huh. I think their name was. Durf. I can't remember what it was. Anyway, they, they used it against some team on Breeze, and it has taken about a week for Riot and freaks for you to come to this decision, which I think is... It's not... That is not feasible. That's a awful ruling if it takes you a week to to make a ruling like this and then they get a one map loss applied to their next game that they play not that they don't like forfeit the match that they played there's no help for the team that lost to this exploit it's just a punitive measure applied in the future to giants so they're just going to play against some like round of 512 immortal yeah. mix one nil down in a bo3 which is nonsense to me like it's an actual nonsense ruling yeah that that makes absolutely no sense um i could see it making sense if it was like a league and there was a regular season and it's like it affects your standings and whatever whatever but they're going to go through an open bracket so they're going to play first team like you said and okay potentially with the, the way seating works 
maybe if their seating was punished, maybe they'd have some, like they had to go up against a, uh, some random good team. But even that doesn't make sense because then you're punishing the good team for, I don't know. Um, yeah, it just it's just unacceptable. It took a, a week in my mind. Uh, this was obviously glitched from from straight up looking at it. You can't see it there, but he can see you, right? And yeah. there are, they, Giants use this like six out of 12 of the rounds. Yeah. Six out of 12. And there was one clip where it was so obvious that the guy knew that the Cypher player knew that he could see him. Like he literally takes a shot, kills one dude deep into, in, into the cave area. And then he rotates past the Viper wall, checks his camera, sees the guy past the Viper wall where it's through the glitch texture and then goes through the wall and has perfect crosshair placement to, to kill the dude. So I'm like, okay, they know, they know it's bugged. Their excuse was, oh, we don't really, we don't know. We didn't know it was a bug camera. Um, but to me, it's like obvious that they knew that it was like that. Also, They're if crazy. there's any doubt in your mind, your it's your responsibility to go and check with an administrator. That's that's mm -hmm. your responsibility to go and do that. The problem is that the administrators presumably didn't even re didn't know what to do. This ruling yep. took so long because it probably got passed up the chain, mm -hmm. and they didn't know what kind of decision to make, and so it ends up just being a useless one for both sides. It doesn't punish, mm -hmm. and it doesn't help the team that got fucked by it. It is completely useless, and I think it's... It, what, what is the point in having a rule like this if you can't enforce it um, with, with enough time relevancy to actually make the, the rule usable in any way? I mean, if, if they yeah. had qualified, if Giants had qualified... What, would you have applied a one-map penalty to them when they're playing in the main event? Like, it just gets more ludicrous the more you consider this as a standard ruling. It's just silly. Yeah. To be fair, I, I do think that this ruling does achieve a certain level of stop using exploits because of a situation like that. Like, oh, well, I don't want to go with the map deficit down. Like, if, I'd rather if the qualify... What's that? I'd rather qualify. If they're going to take a week and then apply a map punishment, yeah, I'll take that over not qualifying. I don't think it yeah, stops actually. you using bugs particularly. Yeah, I just, I, yeah, I actually, you're kind of right in that case. I was like thinking like, oh, it, usually when there's punishments, the, the, you're, you're trying to see is the incentive to cheat or the incentive to use exploits, I guess I should say, not necessarily. Um, is it enough to be okay with the punishment? Yeah. And, the way that you frame it seems like, yeah, but in yeah, general, like I think people game. see this and like, and like, oh, I don't want to mess with like using. Well, I don't think this decision would ever be exploit. done again. I feel like the the big takeaway from this is that the tournament administrators, the people who are handing out these rulings, need to be on their game in terms of knowing what is and isn't an exploit, uh, and being mm -hmm. able to quickly check certain things and having that yeah. maybe game knowledge to know what's going on in those scenarios and to be able to hand out the punishments quickly and fairly. Because this one was a farce. I'm just surprised it took a week. That's a big thing. I could understand maybe a couple days, but a week? A week is a ridiculous time frame. I mean, how long was like... it? It wasn't quite a full week. How long, how long has it been since the no, game? It was oh, a full uh, week? Five days or something like that. Right. I know that the bug was reported the day after on Wednesday. Like, the post went up on Wednesday, and the game happened on Tuesday. Right, so like six days. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Wild. Okay, that's pretty that, crazy. That is ridiculous, isn't it? Um, on the other side of things as well. Uh, before we dive deep in, actually, I'm going to save this until later. Um, the the European teams as well, though, 
Uh, no, I'm going to go into it now. Fuck it. We're going to take a small deviation away from Europe, and we're going to talk about the big, uh, okay. big roster move that's been happening across other regions as well. Mm. Lakia got poached from Vision Strikers, and uh, sorry, got poached from New Turn to Vision Strikers. And I, I'm, we're using the word poached here because he's been directly taken from one team. There's probably some trade agreement or something. I don't fucking know. I'm not implying that there was bad manners from vision strikers here but he has been literally taken from the team that's been doing the best at the moment in korea and being added to the team that was previously doing the best in korea this is a big move people will remember like the enormous plays that he had at Reykjavik too this this is uh this is a big shift in the top korean scene yeah i mean it just poses the question to me who the fuck are Vision Strikers going to field as their starting five? I have, what do they have? Like, they have a Baker, they have, they have, they have a fucking, how many players they have in the roster? A dozen? Seven. Seven? <laughs> seven? They have seven I mean, players on the roster. Yeah. I, that is I, wild. I, that is the only question. I mean, they have managed to just slurp up all of the Korean talent into one team. But what do you do? I don't know. I guess we'll see what they do with all of them. <laughs> this is a time-honored Korean roster-building tradition, though, yeah. is to build is it? rosters that are so unwieldy they are just useless at times. This is a time-honored okay. tradition, though. It's like, we need to have all these flexible players. What's that? We never have enough time to field any of them or develop them properly? Well, guess we're going to have to get rid of, like, at the roster now. <laughs> but don't worry. Next year, we're going to build it twice as big. <laughs> They, okay. um, gotcha. they also, I mean, a lot of Korean players, coaches, the esports culture comes from games where having big rosters is valuable too. Uh, you know, in Overwatch League and that kind of stuff, you want big rosters that you can be flexible with. So I think this might just be a potentially a different approach too. Now, it might just be the same shit you see everywhere else where they have seven players and then they just cut two and they just keep a five-man roster. Same thing that recently was going on with Xset when we were wondering if they were running six people, eventually boomed Heretics, you know, that kind of shit. Yeah. But they they have the pieces here to make a good team. I do like this. I like what Vision Strikers are doing, though. Despite it being a bit chaotic right now due to the, the number of players, I like the, uh, you know, I like the, <laughs> I like the smaller regions in Valorant trying to get their super teams together yeah. for future events. Hell yeah. Because this is looking like it's going to be a super team. And Newton were not a super team. I mean, they... No. The... But also the players that performed, I mean, not the players that performed the best, but some of the players that performed the most consistently across the whole event were their more veteran talents too. Whereas when you try to create super teams, you tend to leave the veteran talent on the outside because you're going for like the cracked people. You know? So that, that I feel is potentially a, a downfall for Vision Strikers. Mm -hmm. We'll have to see how that ends up working. But uh, this is what, if we, you know, if we hearken back to previous Vision Strikers conversations, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited about this, actually. I, I like, and I'm glad that they have Glow as a coach. And I think if Vision Strikers can exist in a space where they have five of the most talented players in Korea in regards to their actual skill level, but then you have the mind behind, like, the, the, the sort of... Uh, I don't know what vision strikers are known for. They're, they're strats, like they're yeah. one-off strats. If you have the, the mind of the guy who creates that working for the team behind the scenes, but then you have five super skilled players who can win rounds off of their actual skill, but then you throw in every game, they're going to win two odd rounds off of just using some strat or some little thing that no one has seen before. Mm. 
that seems like a good recipe yeah. to win. It's kind of what Newton you know? already had, though. I think they were already using some really unique creative stuff, for sure. Yeah, I but you're just taking the skill up a level. Uh, is yeah, the idea. Yeah, it's the idea. Right? You're taking the yeah. skill up a notch, but then you also have that on top of it. We had a situation for Newton to be in as well, because there were um, talks about Solo and Perry looking for retirement, mm. and now they've lost Lackier, who was one of their best talents, too. So Solo and Perry have been playing for that team. They've been that, playing that's, in most recent games, but what do you do? That, that's why I hate this. I hate this. I, and again, it could just be like Lockheed. His contract ran out and he's signed with Vision Strikers or something like that, but I, doesn't this just kill Newturn? It feels like it probably would, especially with the veteran talent looking to maybe leave. I, I don't and know. And if new turn dies, then what the hell are we playing for in Korea? Like, is there anybody? You know, you mean you is need it the competition at of all? two teams? You need the competition of two teams. That brings view that obviously brings viewership, but it also makes the teams that are coming out of that region better. If there's nobody for Vision Strikers to fight against, then <laughs> are we gonna have another new turn story at, at Berlin? Or even down the line, like that, that scares the shit out of me with all the struggles that Korea mm. and Valorant has been having with how many teams have closed down, with how many free agent rosters have given up. I don't, I don't know the name specifically, but I, I, I've been looking at the news and just it's been negative, 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 negative. Outside of like the, we got into the top 10 PC bank statistics. Everything else has been negative out of Korea. Well, the, the other counterpoint to that argument as well, though, is that Newton didn't have another team to be competitive against. They, it was just Newton. They didn't drop a map in their qualification process. That's like the most dominant that you can be within the region. The, the closest second team was, well, Vision Strikers, but they, they were flumping at the time. So maybe there has to be a bit yeah. of a give and take between the I, two. Like maybe this will, maybe if Newton can hold on, and maybe bring someone in that can fill Lackey's spot, maybe they can both then be at a good level yeah. instead of it only being they, Newton or only being Vision Strikers. Yeah. They did bring in 10X, who's like some hype around him. I don't know much about him at all, but both teams did go, what was it, 3-0 in their groups of the open qualifier. So yeah, maybe, maybe it is maybe it is like completely not what I'm thinking. It's actually creating parity, like you're saying, but I don't know. I really wanted to see a new turn continue with that roster because they just, they just made history at the first Valorant land, and now sure. that roster's not... It's not them anymore. Yeah. That, is, which is like, wild, right? Lakia leaves the best team in Korea to go to exactly. an attempt at being the best I mean, team our, in Korea. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. I was under the impression as well that well, the new turn we're going to get uh, dude from CS. I can't remember his name right now. Zine. I don't know how you pronounce it. Oh, oh so I don't know. XIGN. I don't yeah. know how to pronounce it either. Yeah. But I was under the impression they, that they, they were going to get him. Um, um, for another like six man roster. Premier. Well, oh, no. maybe with <laughs> well, with replacing Lackia. Oh well, I think they already got 10x, didn't they? Oh, they already. Okay, they well, I guess we'll be a six-man roster then. Well, I, yeah, maybe shit, one I don't of the know. Veterans uh, will leave. We'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see. We'll but see. theoretically, it could be a good thing though because it's like the they were at that they were at Reykjavik so recently that diffusing out players from that team could theoretically elevate some of the other teams because they could be like, here's what we learned when we played against these squads, right? Like, it could be sort of like a brain drain type of situation, which could be actually 
good for the region long term potentially it's a brain donation because, a brain loan rather than a brain drain yeah well a brain drain could be you're draining it from that team to go to another team right it could still right. work it's just within the same region right so like theoretically there are positives that could be inferred um who knows if that will actually work that way but well bala's all fired up about this but bala was also really fired up about what was going on with free agency over in europe he wanted to give you guys a little 1v1 wanted to yeah, take you down Little, little coach, because Bala's got an ISO to run. Get the ISO. Let me get the Let's ISO. Let's talk about free agent teams. Often rapidly, uh, the crowd favorites, the local heroes, and sometimes the people's champions. Let's go through memory lane real quick. And Well, there you go. ISO. Let's get into Europe. There we go. Now that now, now that I'm ice back on. So 
Yeah, <laughs> we've got interesting situation over in Europe with the free agency scene, but the Tier 1 teams are currently competing, like literally as we're recording. Um, so what we wanted to do is pull up the main event bracket and we'll go through some of the pickums. And as we go through the pickums, we'll explain via like results that have come up as to why we feel good about certain teams or not good about other teams, that kind of stuff too. Yeah, I think G2 particularly they, they look looking, really good they, well they were looking insane Mixwell in that uh in that yeah. match against Fnatic yeah. his lurks through shower I mean he straight up won them like five rounds in a row at the end of that game so I think G2 have a really good chance of beating FPX <laughs> <laughs> um can oh. we is there is there a pick and page for this one as well or are the yeah, pick just kind of closed, closed because of this yeah, yeah it's closed can we still click on it no 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 bollocks okay well we'll just do it from the bracket as we were doing before then um yeah so Fnatic came in they they got upset by g2 they g2 looked really good there Fnatic are messing around with all of their different compositions i mean Fnatic were and doing just all a, types of wacky shit they just had a really close win over liquid as well the yep. losing one of the maps they they had to pull back that final map from being like what were they like 10 7 10 6 down they, they had a significant comeback on Haven to be able to close this out. Fnatic are definitely in an experimental phase right now. They're, they're trying to figure out a bunch of different comps. They're running triple controller on bind. Like, Bolster's been hitting the... They're what, trying to find themselves. What's, what's the word? Ganja? If, yeah, but it has Ganja. to begin with B, Avast. The Boaster, the Boaster Blunt. Yeah, the Boaster Blunt the would work. Boaster. That would work pretty good. They've yeah. been hitting the Boaster Blunt. Um... I mean, so yeah, this Fnatic doesn't look mm. like they're in the same form as they were at Reykjavik, though. If we were talking about Sentinels earlier, coming in, smashing immediately, this looks like Fnatic going through teenage years, trying to trying to develop and become good enough for Berlin. But it takes some like work, you know. They're really changing almost everything for this. Yeah, you don't agree? You think they look like their form at Reykjavik? I don't want to classify it though as like they. I, I guess I want to make clear that well, at least for me. I don't think they're that far off. I think that they're just trying some new yeah, things. But but I don't like I I I don't feel that it's a, a proper classification to to make it seem like they're that far off. Like I think G two were just kind of I think G two were kind of just on one in that game to some extent. I, like, yeah, I mean G two look good. It, I, I, I I mean I was you know in all in all seriousness mixwell did literally just win them like five rounds in a row at the end of that buying game <laughs> if they can and get for, him on viper he looks insane and Fnatic did have some cool ideas with that comp that they were running where they're like double executing on both sites <laughs> it was, yes but the only my only caveat to that was it was like in early on in that game g2 were flanking and exposing that they were not running a sentinel um, and they were taking advantage of that, but then they never really did it again until way later in the half. Like, I don't think G2 particularly did much to expose the comp that Fnatic were using uh, on that attack. Um, but I still thought it was a cool comp, and I thought they had some cool ideas with it. The, the, but then towards yeah. the end of this game, Mixwell just took over. And then on map two, I mean, I think everyone on G2, to some extent, were just contributing crazy... Uh, moments of, of fragging. Like, late in the game, they won an all-sheriff buy where yeah. it was just m magical shots from Kellogg's. Avova had an insane game that was throughout. Amazing, right? I mean, yeah. I think they were kind of just on fire. Like that second map, G2 were just doing these fast sight hits. The utility timings were great. Like They ran the, a lot of fakes as well, actually. 
Yeah, like there, I love the setups. Like you'd have Kellogg's getting in deep off the dash. They'd have uh, a sky flash for close sight. Paranoia's hitting back sight. Kellogg's is in deep. Like their timings okay. were nice. They were aggressive. The individuals were shining. I thought G2 were, were looking good in that respect. So I don't think it was so insane that Fnatic All right. lost. I but don't on, know. I, but, but that might lead you to believe that G2 yeah. could have easily got the win here over FPX. And FPX have just right now beaten them 2-0. FPX also lost to Guild. And they looked sloppy in that game too. So I would have been on board with it. I would have said, yeah, sure. G2 have got definitely chances of being able to win against FPX. They might even be favored. It's hard to tell with such a new roster. But, you know, that's feasible yeah. and now they've come out and beaten them here it just feels to me like the eu team by the way it was like 13 fours really oh my god yeah god, they rolled damn. them let's god, they let's make judgments off the stats that endies <laughs> let's go i i mean there's uh what can you do here just and one of those maps Shao was playing jet <laughs> he was playing jet yeah. on like icebox but it feels like EU is just experimenting right now. We'll have more thoughts about this game, I'm sure, when we've actually mm. watched it. But if yeah. we go back to the bracket itself, I feel like any team could go on a run here. The, these games are really close. I mean, apart from that one, which you just saw, but we thought G2 would have a chance to win it. The only team I feel great about, and the team that I would predict to run all the way through this, is Ascend. Yeah. I feel fucking great about Ascend. This new Ascend with, uh, with CNED and Zeke, and then Keyless as like the third guy... Okay, the Ricks is not the strongest team in the world, so you'd expect them to easily get the, the victory here. But this team is popping. They have unbelievable individual talent. The, even their supportive players are going to have big games, like Starkso and Bonecold. Bonecold IGLing, I think, has been really good when he's taken over. And the team has so much proactivity. This, this team is going to the fucking moon, man. This if you ask me to pick a team that I thought from EU might be able to win up Berlin... It's real early days, but these would be the team that I put the stocks in. I mean, I think it's also helping Fucking Ascend right now. Sell your Ascend stocks immediately. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's. I, I think what's also helping Ascend right now, though, is the what you were getting at with a lot of the other teams being experimental. They seem like one of the teams that they just have an idea as to what they want to play. They're running just good comps. Like they didn't really shuffle that many players either. Right. Uh, yeah, that as well. But they're not trying to reinvent the fucking game like some of these other teams. I, I mean. You have, the, you have, like, the Breach Icebox No Sage Theory coming through. Uh, there's so much EU Breach, and it's it's pain. I don't, I'm not, it's listen. very weird. There was a period in time where weird. I wanted to see a lot more Breach. It's not now. It isn't now. I, I've, I've seen too much Breach. Um, why the but, hell is it, is it, I want, you know, just throw in some Breach at it. Where's the Breach at? And then fucking Breach gets buffed and why it's like, no, not now. No, it's too <laughs> much. No, it, it is too much Breach. But it's also... Breach on Icebox, Breach on Breeze. It's like... Also, I think when you're running with, with other agents that are meta right now, like Viper, I think Sky is just better. Like, sure. it's just more effective with the Viper utility. It's comboing the flashes with the walls, yes. etc. Um, so think I think that's are, a huge factor where Breach People have been is, sucked in by this... But, that fault line, the girth yeah. on the fault line from Breach. <laughs> just being able to lock down certain areas, plus the value you can get out of the, the ultimate compared to how you could before. Yeah. It just seems to be a bit more consistent, perhaps. Yeah, that being said, though, I really like Ascend's comps. I think what they're running, very nice. Very, very nice. Like, I like their comp on Haven. I like, I mean, the players are just playing shit that they're comfortable with at the end of the day, too. Yeah. Like, you're just, you're going to have CNET on Jet. He's going to pop off. Zeke is going to play Reyna. He's going to play Phoenix. He's going to create a lot of space and, uh, you know, try and enter it. I like how he was working Haven on Phoenix. It was, it was excellent. Um, so 
and I, I like that Haven comp specifically as well, where they're just throwing the sky with it. Cool. I I like where Ascender are at. Their players are really good. The roles make sense. Their comps are good. They definitely look like the, the they're the team I have the most faith in because they seem like the one team in this that I can kind of rely on their consistent level right now. Hmm. You know what I mean? If FPX beat them, are you straight back on the copium? No, I mean, I, no. <laughs> this doesn't matter. What is this qualifying for? <laughs> We're qualifying for a qualifier. Yeah. We yeah, have yeah, seen yeah, FPX qualify for a qualifier before. Okay. So no, not yet. Preds. I want Preds from Avast and Bala. I don't think we would have predated the bracket to exactly go like this because, well, I mean, the favorites have won apart from... You could probably say FPX were the favorites in the game, but they didn't look like it recently. But anyway, upper semis... And in general, the top four teams that you would expect to go through at this point. I think that's a better way of doing it rather than doing the whole bracket. Top four teams. Avast, who are you looking at to be able to make it through this? I mean, I'm still feeling Fnatic myself. Yeah. So I, I take Fnatic. Uh, I would honestly, I saw parts of the game when they played versus G2. I'm not going to lie. I think FBX are building to, to, to once again dominate the qualifiers and then fail at the end. So they're okay. going to make it through. So they're going to make right. it through. Um, and then two more teams from this. I mean, more than likely, like, how does this bracket work out exactly? It's like... I... Oh, there we go. So, uh, so who it. did G2 end up playing against, though? Because that's the team they that played... I'm interested in. They would play... They would end up playing the loser of Fnatic Guild, right? Right, okay. So you might have like a G2 guild in the bottom. I mean, you could get a G2 Fnatic, honestly. Without... You could. I, I'm feeling Fnatic. So, I mean, I, I think I would still feel decent enough to go for G2. You know, I feel like I would still take G2. I feel like they got shellacked by FPX, but it's a new roster, and they're likely going to learn from that. And I still feel overall pretty decent about this current roster. I feel like they've, uh, they've actually rounded out like a lot of their problems. Um, and they performed a lot better recently. So as long as they can put up like a like a similar performance, like their their core players, I think they're going to be okay versus Guild. But I could see. I mean, honestly, it's so tough to pick with you because a lot of these teams are so close. Uh, but yeah, I'd still take G two because fuck it, I'll take G two, uh, FPX, Fnatic, and then Ascend. Yeah, yeah. Are you are you on the same kind of page where you still believe in G two despite the fact that they got beaten by FPX here, Bala? What's the What's the feel um, for the lower bracket run? Lower bracket run. So, yeah, I think G2 just, well, no. 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 Not <laughs> no. Not G2. No. Yes. Okay. Yes, Wait, they have who's Nuki. your top four? They have, nu they have Nuki. Holy shit, they have Nuki. He's so Nuki's good. Like, I, he's my hero. He's, he's so fucking good. So, okay, Fnatic. Um, I think FPX is going to beat Ascend, unlike what you guys are thinking. Okay. Uh, I think Ascend will come in after that. I do not see Liquid making it through. I think Ascend will beat BDS, I guess, is who, who will call for that. I just, G2 versus Guild. Oh, man. They have Nuki, but Guild has Yasin. But, Yasin but, has been playing uh, Jet recently as well. Yasin oh, well, Ray's one shit. trick Get has been playing no, Jet that. recently. G2 Dude, then. <laughs> he looked good. He looked pretty good on it. I'm not going to lie. A lot of these <sighs> EU teams are starting to like really get experimental. Uh, they are playing unusual stuff compared to what they've been playing for like the last year. It feels well, like they're really... I especially growing. like teams that have not had Jet players to try to force somebody into that role. I really like that idea. Um, 
I, it's funny because we were like kind of criticizing 100 Thieves kind of for that, but still even that kind of makes sense. Um, I like that, but I just don't think that that's ready. Whereas Kellox is a ready-made jet um, who's been opping as well. Yeah, his and then they have, they have they have Nuki and Evolva, man. I, I just it just it's G two, it's G two okay. over Guild. All right, so you actually have the same top four then the Avas set. I think the yeah have you do. Well, everyone the just thing is, well, though, it's not like the NA bracket where you're going to get that weird matchup in the lower. Like, the paths actually work. I mean, the paths only work for... if you think Guild and Fnatic are not half teams to, for G2 to get through. I think they could lose both of those. Teams. I think... Yeah, well, like, they could lose against either of those teams. Yes, and I don't but think I mean, it's a guarantee that Guild gets dropped down, honestly. I don't think it's a guarantee either. Um... I'm trying to think about the way the bracket was. I mean, I, I'm feeling good about Ascend. I, 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 I still think Fnatic should win this upper semi. It might be another close so one, but I would predict that they will win. You'll just, I mean, yeah, I think it would be very close, but I would go Fnatic. I well, do. Uh, why, are you, th why are you thinking that they're going to lose? I don't understand. Just because they're experimenting? Dude, this guy is getting paid off by David no, Beckham. No, 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 no. Why. Okay, well, I mean, first <laughs> I mean, of all, it's he, fucking coming home, and David Beckham's <laughs> going to have the buff from England beating Denmark I mean, later on today. And by the time this episode goes out, England will have lost, and I'm going to look like a fucking idiot, or I'm going to look like a genius. But I, I, the thing with Guild is they are a super solid team, and if you make mistakes against them and you play sloppily, then they can punish that because they're a good, solid team. That's how they got the win over FPX. FPX are playing a bit sloppy. They're not, yeah. they're not playing at their top level. And so Guild dispatched them 2-0. It's not, oh, sorry, 2-1. But it's not, it, it's not necessarily because Guild were like popping out of control. They just, they, you know what you're getting in every game, I feel, with Guild. They're just decent. They're a good level team. Fnatic have been, they really have been extremely not just experimental, but when, you, when you're a team that has that much structure and then you change things, you lose the structure. You lose the, like, everyone knows exactly what they're supposed to be doing. And so w when you watch them play, they don't have the same coordination that they were previously playing with because they aren't all, like, individually intuitive yeah. players. They play because they know the structure really well. They're, they're better than the former roster for that. The but G2 game, I, think it's, but I think there's a chance of Guild winning that. Yeah. I... I think that's Fnatic's strength, though, is, is literally changing things and, and being really, really structured. As time goes on, that structure just explodes into fantastic play overall. Like, and honestly, this morning, the game against Liquid, like, we, t we caught the tail end of it. I was watching yeah, it even, really even before that. Like, that game, they, were, they, they fixed some of the holes. The, the, the big thing against G2 on Binds, which they still lost it against Liquid, but um, they were, weren't running sky, so they couldn't flash through the Viper walls, and the breach was often, the breach flashes were often getting caught behind a Viper wall because there was two out on the map. Um, yeah. They kind of fixed some of those issues. There wasn't as much timing stuff, and, and they, they didn't look like that fanatic that's kind of fumbling around where, oh, well, the executor's working this way, and now I don't know what to do. Like, but Bala, they also hadn't lost bind domestically for months. They and then they lose Bind back-to-back back after yeah, changing it. And also, Haven it. was their second best map, and they've changed that massively. They've gone and just copied Sentinel's composition, too. Good, it's like, they're making... They're taking the stuff that they were great at. What No, I mean, they, they lost the Sentinels, and they start playing Jet Phoenix with an Astra. Yeah. They're literally trying to replicate the same kind of style, I feel. 
moving way away from like they were playing the the thing is I, they were playing uh, the the I, like totally different compositions there with the killjoy and stuff and having the astro like play I think over there was actually I think there was actually kind of something there with the bind I think that the breach was the problem and I it, there was I they think there was a couple ways the to breach they just added a sky I think there was a couple sky. problems with it. I mean, I think the breach was the main problem, but the pro but off that, it's they didn't have a duelist to ever do anything off of the breach. So the breach would flash, and you would see Boaster running around on Astra on defense, trying to capitalize off the breach flash, and the G2 players would just run away. Like, you, there was no... It was hard to capitalize off the breach util. Like, there were moments where the breach was stunning two people with a fault line, and no one could do anything about it, because they're just... So... And then there's other moments where they're stunning two people and they're fucking like getting another grab well and the, the, the guy's just dead. Like there was some yeah. also amazing. No, there were yeah. some no, great moments. Yeah, there, there, there were some great th moments. Those were on attack. The, the good moments came on attack with the breach fall lines. It was on defense that the breach was not generating any value, um, I, mm -hmm. I felt. Um, mm -hmm. But there was definitely, I think they were mining at something. I think there was something oh, yeah. there. No, don't get me wrong. Especially on they're, attack. They're, they're going to be in the right direction eventually. I just think that they're in a bit of a wobbly state right now because they're figuring some stuff out. And Guild are fucking good. Okay, I know, well, I'm, I know gonna, I'm the only I'm, Guild simp in the I world. I'm the going, only I one know. in the world. I'm going with Fnatic in the upper bracket. Okay, I'm going to go Ascend, and then... I, it's fucking boring, but yeah, Fnatic Ascend G2 FPX. Jesus Christ. I mean, it's right. boring, but it's, it looks like it's probably going to hey, be reality. Boring people are having the G2 copy, and they ain't getting 70 through. fucking K viewers this morning for G2 that, that Fnatic yeah. uh, Liquid game, so... Boring's good. Who are G2 boring's losing good. to? Guild? Yeah. Oh my god. I think. I think. Oh, dude, way, I'm, I know this guild shit is just wild. Way, it's out of control. Way, we have just written liquid off. I mean, they're just. Yeah. yeah fuck yeah. They're they're gonna lose to BDS. I, I mean, they're gonna lose to BDS. They're gonna lose to BDS. You think? I think it's quite. Yeah. I think it's possible. I mean, I don't, I don't know if they're gonna 100 lose to BDS. They, they nearly but... lost to BDS last time. It took Link having those incredible clutches to be able to get them through the qualifier is, and, and beat them. It but is crazy though. There's they, good teams in EU. There's I mean, good teams yeah. left, right, and center. They they're, made second, and they're just not even in the conversation right now. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> the path is very it difficult really is for nuts. all of these teams, but yeah. it's it, it is. I mean, it's oh, an I interesting region, and more people have started to watch it. It's a five-two split. Okay, it's only defense, so. But, oh my god, both sides are playing Breach. Oh, actually, why? <laughs> <laughs> he used a trip right now. It really is a trip. There better not be any Vipers in that <clears throat> server. Um, yeah. Um, but I... Oh, there's one Viper. Oh, I don't want to get too deep into EU because it's literally happening right now. Yeah, so anything so. we talk about is going to be irrelevant as well. So let's <laughs> instead watch us petting the dog. Um, let's let's go on to the most important minutes. segment of the week. Every single week. Mm. It's always here. It's always insane. You know what it is. It's why it's weekly award. Insane. That's why it's a weekly award. <laughs> wrestling. Yeah. That's it's, a wrestling trophy. It's the wrestling, the wrestling one. trophy. This is actually wrestling. this is symbolic of the of of who I'm giving the award to this week, okay. honestly. I think this accurately represents it. If you want to look at the if you want to look at the the bottom guy, the guy who's picking this dude up and about to just slam him <laughs> into the ground, the bottom the guy in the bottom is a a a physical representation of teams like Noble, Dark mm. Zero, KCP. Oh yeah. And the top part is the tier one Valorant scene. That's <laughs> that right there. That's Wardell. You know what I mean? That's Wardell. That's Hiko. That's immortals. So, yeah, NRG. yeah. Shot up. Yep. Yeah. EU. I mean, I'm, you know, EU, not EU. 
That's so you know what I'm saying. No. EU, Wait, not, United? Not Europe, but uh, you, the guy, the player uh, of the game on NRG. Oh, uh, you mean Asu? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ace, yeah, big streamer. <laughs> Plays a lot of Valorant on stream. So I'm just, I'm. This is a general award for the just. It's going to the tier two mm. NA Valorant scene. Okay. For for the grind. For the, the grind. Dedication. I can see it in his eyes. Yeah, yep. he's been putting in the work. He's he's looking bulky, muscled, like it. Pretty there they good. are, all of the tier two teams we love the most. They've been yeah. putting in the work, past TLC. couple months, every tournament. You got you know your nerd streets, you got your VCSs, etc. They're playing all the tournaments. Um, I fucking the teams have been working 13, really hard. Seven. Yep. Team yeah. DNA diff. Time in the Fortnite fraggers. <laughs> Professional molders. I need to be on that Professional banking company. I don't know. We're getting really I mean, down there at this so point. My, my point being, it's though. So down to earth. My point being, I mean, we've made it to rock bottom. <laughs> <laughs> and it just Fun keeps game, going. Yes. It just keeps going. Yeah. But just a shout out to those teams because, yeah, they've been putting in a lot of work over the past few months. They're upsetting these top teams that are getting, you know, the teams that are getting the salaries, the teams that have all the support behind them, the staff. Yeah. And just through sheer dedication, they're, uh, you know, they're, they're rising up the rankings. They're rising up. Yeah. yeah. So shout out to the uh, NA Tier 2 scene. Shout out. All right. Pretty good. Also shout out to our new member, Kurt. Who do we need to welcome to member? Because there's, we have a new member. Oh, really? Yeah. That's yeah, we got one new member this week. It is Keo, who joined four days ago. Hey. Welcome to member. Yeah, welcome to member. Woo. Welcome to member. Welcome, to member. Um, welcome and yeah. Keo. After after we stomped him in Boom TV Cup, he deserved. He thought we should be checked out after. <laughs> Wait, is that the? Is that, did we st stomp him in the cup? Very possibly. I assume so. Keo, yeah, it's Keo. Cool. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, gave him the the absolute business. All right, that does it for Platchat. Valorant episode 51, was that? Yeah, yep. so uh, wait until next week and then we'll have one for every week of the year for the year that Valorant has been out. Roughly. That, it kind of works. It nearly does. In the meantime, go check out the, uh, the, the rest of what's happening. We're going to have another back chat for you this week. We missed last week or this week, whatever. We missed the previous week, but we've got a back chat coming up for you next week as well. So stay tuned to that. Subscribe to the channel. Catch everything that's going on. We'll, we'll see you next time.